If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to this edition of the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, September 12th, 2017, alongside Ian Ferguson. Hi, I'm Pat Contra. We have a fun-filled show for you, including that Street Fighter 2 special edition re-release. An update. Update. Robert Stack going to give you an update on the SNES Classic pre-orders and, S- and NES Classic. Maybe returning. PewDiePie in trouble again. L.A. Noir coming to Nintendo Switch. Anniversaries abound for the Atari 2600 and the Mario Kart Q&A and more. Holy shit, the best episode of the uh, not-so-common podcast would be if you could interview Robert Stack. Sadly, he's dead. So from Beyond the Grave? Yeah. Oh, my God, from Beyond the Grave. Have Frank channel Robert Stack. Can ask him, you know, how... how, how, how uh, Diverse was his trench coat wardrobe. You mm-hmm. know, talked to him about airplane. Air- oh, airplane's fantastic. I mean, he was in airplane. He was uh, he played the generic handsome man uh, in movies in the sixties, seventies. So not too familiar with him. I guess he was sort of like what Leslie Nielsen used to be, used to be the generic handsome man before he, before Leslie Nielsen got into the comedic act in the eighties. Yeah, I, I, I know quite a bit about Robert Stack. Uh, he was um, he was a nice guy. The nice guy. You meet him. Uh, I mean, from what I've read. Ian, did we have, did we have fun in Parsippany, New Jersey at a video game con? You know, I, I, I did. I had a lot of fun uh, at a, a video game con. I It kind of snuck up on me, and I wasn't exactly ready for it, but I had a great time. Um, the people in charge were super nice, and uh, I said it on Twitter, and we said it to them in person, but I felt like they, they ran a real tight ship for, uh, for their convention, and... Um, I, I, I think they have uh, pretty good things pretty good things ahead of them for their convention. I didn't feel it as much as I did last year when I went back because it's my home state and I, I actually felt a weird little kinship with the people and the area more so than I did last year. I'm not sure why. Like these are my people. Here well, here in the accents and then you're in New York, New Jersey's closely related here in the heavy New York accent. I have a slight uh, you know, East Coast accent, but I felt I felt a bond that I didn't feel before around them, I don't, and I can't explain why. That's kind of my thing too. And the thing is, I'm not from Jersey, but I think it's just because it's that uh, tri-state area. Area, you know, being from you know Buffalo, New York, and things. I I, I don't share everything that 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 people from Jersey do, but um, 
it was good to be among the East Coast people yeah. again. The, no nonsense, no bullshit A little more people. straightforward, a little more aggressive, but, you know. The, the, the handshakes busted, were harder. Busting balls a little bit more. The hugs were, were tougher. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a really good time. And plus, and, plus uh, the weather was the perfect fall weather. No, you know, I loved the weather. So, I mean, like, when I, met la- when I went last year, I think it was a little hotter. But this was like 60 degrees, windy, the trees all blowing around you. Yeah, we don't have that out here. It was so nice. So I missed that. Obviously, um, well, there was a diner about 400 feet, from, uh, not 400 feet, a quarter mile from the convention that me and Norm went to Sunday morning. So Norm got his first taste of uh, Taylor ham or pork roll. I like the generic pork roll. I like the term pork roll. A lot and so he, we, so we both got like an omelet and at the diner. And, and diners are great in New Jersey just be, because they're open 24 hours. On the East Coast in general. But... It's good quality, cheap breakfast. So you can get yeah. a really good breakfast for like $5. I was going to say, 5 bucks gets you potatoes, three eggs, usually a yeah. side of the meat of your choice. We, you know, toast. Coffee, toast. Home fries, you know. And um, so we, we both got that, basically, at omelet. Then we said, you know what, fuck it. We're, we're gonna, getting sad. <laughs> we said, fuck it. We're going to get the, the traditional New Jersey diner, which is uh, pork roll, egg and cheese sandwich. We split one on top of our breakfast. Because it was the same price, almost as getting a side of pork roll. We said, "Fuck it, we're, we, the whole experience, Norm. We're both gonna just bust the gut after this." But it was great. It was just the, the whole feeling. And then, of course, we made it to. Well, first we went to with we met uh, John and Mike from CFOs Saturday night. We went to Sushi Village. They kept me. <laughs> I didn't make it to Friendly's that night. You didn't. <laughs> Biggest mistake of your weekend. Yeah, but, um, but it was. we had fun. It was sort of cool having like twelve to fourteen people at the table. Uh, Chris from Windy City Gaming. We had my friend from college was there. We had Adam and Nina, Square Painter. We had Norm, the gaming historian. There, I'm probably missing a few at least. Uh, there was there was a ton. We had of- the CFOs guys. We had Gilly. We had uh, but, we had Antoinette and uh, my convention my convention wife. So it was and, and a cute rock <laughs> with a dog on, sitting under the table. The cutest dog ever. So if, if, I don't know. I felt good that night. I actually even did a little mini toast, which was weird, kind of out of character. Yeah, that was that was very out of character. Both Norm and I looked up and we were like, "Did Pat sneak a drink?" In? I don't know. I was feeling <laughs> I was feeling good. Maybe it was I was I was high on all you can eat a la carte sushi, which was good. But then um, afterwards, I made it to Friendlies, F R I E N D L Y Friendlies in the summertime, and I got the peanut butter cup Sunday because that's like the default. It's so good. It's ridiculous. I'm not sure how I got the large back in Syracuse and ate half it when the medium or small was just just fine. That thousand calories, that's all you need to be good. Uh, but I, like I said, I had a great time there. Um, did I pick up a manual? I picked up a Tetris, a Tengen Tetris manual because I think I only have it for the complete in box, but not the, I don't have a loose card yet, so I'm crazy like that. I'm still but, finding cheap Game Boy games in my uh, my messenger bag. I, that's oh, all I picked up. Was oh, like, okay. and I, I you you up, went on a spree. Whenever I saw you, you were buying something. Yeah, week. but you, it was bought, all, you, bought, you bought more than me, I think, this it, past weekend. It was all cheap. I bought just... Well, it was all cheap. I got a really nice game from Carlson of uh, Mad Gear. Um, he gave me a really good deal on a, a nice PC Engine shooter. Um, but other than that, I basically just bought cheap Game Boy games that looked 
interesting to me. Um, but that was the thing. At like five bucks a piece, you lose track of how many you're buying. Oh, so sure. I, so I keep finding them in yeah. various pockets. <laughs> I should have bought the big the big Game Boy game I should have gotten Nora was Amazing Tater, which I don't have. And those, oh, it was, it was, that's it, a fun game. Well, it's rare as hell. Yeah, it is. And it was a good deal. I think it was like under 200, which I think is a good deal if you get it under 200. I think it was like 180 US. I think it goes, goes for 200 or more. I just wanted and, to play it. I, I Well, would, sure. I, well, you can get a flash card. But I yeah. mean, I passed on that and I regretted that at the time and that's one that I, I definitely want to pick up that's the cool. sequel to Quirk isn't it is that I don't know I think it might be I think it's and cute. I love and I, I, love I just Quirk. think it's cute but um but the biggest the, the biggest story from the weekend came uh the night of Thursday before we left oh jeez um so there's a man outside and he has a knife <laughs> well, th- thanks for ruining the surprise of the story well there is no but, man outside and he had no knife I wish it was <laughs> um so I'm, uh, it's an hour away from you getting your lift and picking me up before I go to the airport. And I was mostly packed. So, you know, I like to get a fresh shower before I go to the airport. I like to be a little moist when I go through security. Give, give those guys something to feel when they're patting me down. Anyway, so I'm, we, I live in a, sort of, you know, we live in a pretty safe area. It's pretty damn safe where we live. Not a lot of crime. Some grifters, some things like that every once in a while, but for the most part, it's safe. Nothing really happens. Um, so I decided to take a shower and, um, I usually lock my door. I usually like keeping the, the, the screen door open and you lock that. It's a heavy screen. You can't break through. It's metal. Um, and locking that. So you get a nice breeze from here. So, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was locked because I lock it 99% of the time. I go to take a shower and I'm showering in the bathroom over there. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm soaping up. I've already covered my twig and berries. That's good. Going to the shampoo, my hair. You know, I think I actually I think I was all soaped up, but I went. I basically was soaping my big mop, even though I got to cut it's a big mop. I was basically in the Ferris Bueller mode, where like it was all like soaped up, like almost standing straight up. I hear a soft voice. Hey, Tom, are you in here? And when you when you're a human being, you usually distinguish between voices that come from humans, voices that come from uh, like TVs or radios, or or if it's in the proximity or in the distance, and. Something in my head said that, okay, this is not outside my window, and this is not from a TV, and I think my TV might have been on, but I, I wasn't positive. I quickly in my head, you don't realize it, then you realize this voice is probably from 15 feet away from me, at, at most. So, But you usually don't, you're not expecting to hear that, because I, I knew it wasn't like, wasn't you, wasn't my girlfriend's voice, I recognize that, um, and I'm not sure who else would be. And your name's not Tom. Yeah, but that was like, I oh, maybe it was someone outside. Because sometimes, you know, people are outside, sure. you know, whatever, at the pool or whatever. So, you don't want to think something's th- something's up. It's almost like it's almost like when you're sleeping and you hear someone hitting something outside your door. You want to, like, almost ignore it. Like, oh, okay, it'll go away. So, I look, and then I just see standing. I'm in the shower with, you know, one of those glass doors. I look in the doorway, and there's a woman standing there. Woman I don't know. Probably early to mid thirties, short, short, bleach blonde hair. You know, she looked okay. She wasn't that disheveled at the time. Standing, looking at me at the time, at in my bathroom, about seven feet away from me, and saying, "Tom, are you Tom?" So Tom is the name of my neighbor upstairs. Okay, so I'm like, okay, this is good and bad. It's bad. That there's this random woman, and first of all, this would be the fantasy usually of any man in the shower 
woman comes in. It's like, oh, my God, I, this is a penthouse letter. This is a letter to the penthouse forms. No. It's freaked out. That's the fantasy of no one. It would be if this was a normal situation, and plus if she was like a you know penthouse model, but she wasn't. She wasn't bad looking though. But she something was wrong. She was either drunk or strung out. She didn't look dangerous. That's the first thing I noticed. Like she didn't look dangerous. I looked at her hands. She wasn't holding anything. She didn't have any any random NES games from my collection. So I was like, okay. So I'm tilted out so she doesn't see everything. Like, can I help you? She's like, is Tom here? I'm like, no, this, upstairs. This is not not him. She started mumbling stuff more. Hmm. I have to see him. I have to see him. Upstairs. So now, okay, she's not leaving. This is like 15 seconds. So I have a choice. I could hope she leaves or get aggressive and, and like start like chasing her out or walking out. But then she would see me in my glory soaked up everywhere. So that that went through my head. So what I decided was saying, uh, you got to get out now. Like, you got to get out now. Again, like, stuck in the door. And I'm almost, like, trying to aggressively, like, move to be like, you got to get out. But then she see everything, and I felt weird about that. Not as weird as I thought I would feel, but it, it would have been weird. Like, I would have got over it if I had to chase her out naked, but that would be really weird. It would be, be a better story. What would have probably been uh, best is to just throw the door open all the way. Put your hands on your hips and get a good gyrate on, and be like, "You have to leave now." Well, well, that's the thing, though. It's like if I was if I was single, then there might be a potential other element to the story where you no, could do that. That's not but a sexual advance. I just, that's an aggressive just, thing. Okay, that's, that that's uh, that's an aggressive thing. You just gyrate, <laughs> and that like scares Rick people. Yeah, exactly. Unless she likes what she saw, who knows? But but at the time, a certain I, enough look, I think it's but an but being that emotion. but being that there was a somewhat danger level here, I don't think I could have could have had blood flow there if I wanted to because I was pr- afraid this person might do something weird or bad. So You're misinterpreting me, I know. <laughs> so but if, but she finally leaves, and so I don't have my cell phone near me to call the police, right? Mm-hmm. So I figure, all right. I hear the door close in the front. She she slammed the door. The door I should have fucking locked that I usually lock. Damn it, the one time. Um, slams the door. And I, I, I'm all something. I, I, fin- I finish showering. I have to. like. Plus, I'm going to get picked up in like literally a half hour. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I got to do this. I can't like call the police, wait for a policeman to come and say there was some unlawful entry with some either spazzed out, drugged up, and or drunk woman. So Probably crystal meth. Just think. Could have been. Could have been. The air. Okay. The so area. I go, I, I dress, I go upstairs to my neighbor, knock on the door, not there. So 10 minutes before you're going to pick me up, their family comes back, and, and it's first the wife and the kid. And so it says, I don't know what the situation with this woman. I don't know if she's a jilted lover. I don't know if there's some connection. The guy was still down in the garage. So I go and I talk to Tom. By the way, Tom's not, a, not the, the real name, but to protect the innocent and or me. I go, all right, don't want you to freak out, but a woman came into my place asking for you while I was in the shower. He's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh, oh my god, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I, I was like, okay, I described the woman, I said she was like 30 to 35, about 5 foot 4, short bleach blonde hair. Like, she didn't look that disheveled, she actually didn't. Do you know someone who fits that description? I'm playing cop, and he's told me, no, I have no idea who that is. So I, I had no reason to not believe him. So that freaked me out even more, because now there's a woman looking for this guy with his wife and kid there. And she can come back at any time, but I had to tell him. So, that was my adventure before ABGC. Random-ass woman walking in my bathroom while I'm all soaked up and ready for action. So, there you have it. 
That's my, my fun story. Go watch uh, Video Game Years on Amazon Prime. You won't see me soaked up. You'll see me and Ian having fun talking about the 5200, the, the uh, video game crash of 1983, and more. And, and, and you know, and maybe that uh, NTech Selector game. That was a funny segment. So, anyway. <laughs> okay. So, Ian, at a video game con, we did... We did a panel. We like doing these panels a lot, and we discussed two things. So here's where I'm going to cut in where we discuss, because this happened right after the last podcast, the uh, the I was it, I Am 8-Bit Special Edition re-release, the 30th anniversary, even though it isn't the 30th anniversary, of Street Fighter 2 on Super Nintendo. So watch that now. Woo! All right, Ian. This was breaking news right after the last podcast. Yeah, breaking. Recorded. And they're sold out. We're talking Street Fighter II, the 30th anniversary edition. SNES cartridge release from I Am 8-Bit. Kind of surprising. Kind of came out of nowhere like an RKO of nostalgia. Yeah. So I Am 8-Bit is a company that does a lot of vinyl releases of um, soundtracks for video games. They've done... Um, uh, no Man's Sky, they've done uh, Streets of Rage, they've done Streets of Rage 2, they've done Outrun, they've done Shenmue, uh, they've done a bunch of them. So now it looks like they are taking over uh, something that a lot of people have thought about for a while, which is re-releases, re-releasing classic games uh on the consoles they were originally released on. Sure, there's nothing stopping the copyright holder from doing that. All the technology is no longer patented. Uh, they don't need permission of the people that own the console to do it. It's like potentially, it's like a homebrew, but it's a game that existed already. In essence, you know, it's a corporate corporate brew. It's a corporate brew. So, so what a was a macro brew? A macro brew, yeah, like beer. Okay. So this is Street Fighter II, 30th anniversary edition, limited edition of 5500. Rookie Mark McGuire. Um, it sold out in about I want to say six or seven days. It didn't sell out immediately. People, some people were surprised about that. I I wasn't surprised. We'll get into why though. Brand new, playable SNES cartridge asterisk, we'll get to that. Tri-mold box with foil, gloss, and embossments. Premium instruction booklet. Retro packing surprises. And then limit two per customer, trying to keep those dirty scalpers at bay. So the, the Yeah, the, at two. One of the biggest, I guess, points about this is that they sort of made it a semi-chase, where 4,500 of these were the standard opaque Ryu headband red color cartridge, and a thousand are glow in the dark Blanca green. So you basically have a one in five chance, roughly, 20% chance. 40, 25% chance of getting the what are you making a move on that for? Because I fucking hate Chase. Okay, you, what, what's wrong with this? You don't, is, you don't like the fact that they did that at all? All right, as a record collector, there are a certain amount of companies that do Chase colors. Okay. And it's fucking annoying. You should get the limited edition color choice that you want if you are quick on pre-ordering. You should be able to pre-order the cartridge and get a choice of, do I want the red or the more limited whatever? Limited. Yeah. Limited. Yeah. Limited. I'm 
I'm going to take, it sounds like you're taking a shit. <laughs> anyway, does, I mean, does your asshole talk to you and say limited? Yeah, it does. Okay. <laughs> the limited edition form of the person scale. Um, <laughs> go on, you. Go on, you son of a bitch. Anyways, um, I don't like Chase for colors. It, it, it drives me insane. I feel like you should have been able to order the cartridge up front, and if you were first or second or third or 500th in line, you should have been able to choose the color you want. Oh, okay. So that might have been a better way to get people to buy it earlier. Yes, exactly. No, uh, Lava Record labels do that. Um, properly, where it's does it not more encourage the scalpers to get in there first versus it being more randomized? Most record labels limit your purchases to one. Sure. So this is called the Legacy Cartridge Collection, which makes you believe that maybe this is the first of, of more from Capcom. Maybe we'll see. What stands out to me about this, though, is first and foremost the fact that this isn't the 30th anniversary of Street Fighter Two. It's the 30th anniversary of Street Fighter One. I just yeah. think that's kind of a little detail no one's really talking about. No one gives two craps about Street Fighter 1. No, everyone gives a crap about Street Fighter 2, so they're acting like it's the beginning. They're, 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 they're re, uh, retconning this. Yeah, uh, it's, that's a little strange to me, just because, you, you know, if this was, uh, well, you couldn't re-release Street Fighter 1 to be fighting Street on the Turbo Graphics, three people would have bought that. Um, four. Uh, are you surprised that three of it sucked, but I would buy it? Uh, so four. Okay, you got, you got to be the contrarian. Uh, to me. Um. <laughs> Unless you're counting me in the three. So, um, are you surprised it took six, seven days to sell out and not sell out immediately? Yeah, I kind of am, just because Street Fighter fans are fucking insane. Yeah. Right. Enough to buy an old. Are there any Apple. Street Fighter fans in here? Yeah. All right. Are you willing to admit that you're insane? I, I don't care if you well, bought it, but are you insane? Those Street Fighter fans, who bought it? One, two, three out of the 30 fans about that cheered some. Well, that's a small, very small sample size. That's ten percent. That's three in a room of how many? But this is also a retro game convention. So retro gamers time Street Fighter means that they're more likely to buy. Can we hug it, hug it out about this one? I mean, no, I'm just, I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, like if this was Mega Man X. I think it would have sold out in 10 minutes. Mega Man X is cheap enough to buy the original cartridge without buying a reproduction at 100 But that's another point. Is this price properly at $100? Well, no, it's not because you're right. Street Fighter 2 is cheap enough to buy original. Well, but not just that. I mean, what is okay, you can say, well, when this came out, this was $80 in the Capcom store that I bought at Capcom USA. So, at the time. By the way, is he still in frame when he's leading that way? You see me still in frame. Okay, just making sure. I don't want it to leave you. Uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> You're comfortable. No. Um, this is modern times, though. And again, like you said, this is like a ten or fifteen dollar car at this point, correct? Fifteen. Fifteen yeah. for regular for regular old Street Fighter Two. Eight eight fighters. Why didn't they fucking do Street Fighter Turbo? Because that's going to come next year, probably. Or <laughs> at the big, the big third but anniversary of something is, else. Is this where we're going to? Is this is this the part you were talking about next? No, no. What I'm talking about is this price point is totally wrong for what they're offering. Yes, the cartridge costs 
five bucks to produce at most. And they can sell something like this on Alibaba Express for $10. doesn't cost much to produce these. Yo, but, but look at that sweet manual. That's yeah, the dark. manual's not <laughs> And they're going to give you a sweet box, and they give you a sweet red shell, and you can get a sweet glow in the dark. Fucking limited edition shell. And you can fucking come in your mouth over the anniversary of Street Fighter. It's not even fucking right. It's bullshit. Okay, uh, by the way, this is not for children. rating on it. NC-17 means there's acts of sexuality going on. I don't want to do it. At least you. At least you. I might throw my props into your face. Uh, anyways. That would be the end of the CQ podcast as well. Well, yeah, but I mean, that would be a great way to go out. The company will podcast. That's not going to happen. Anywho. So what do you get? You get this you uh, get third crap. anniversary. Anyway, there's no Nintendo seal, there's no Nintendo mentioned anywhere. It doesn't say Super Nintendo anywhere. Slap their dick on it. No, they didn't. So when you look at this box, you can't tell it's a Super Nintendo game. Like, yeah, I mean, now, unless they change it right now, it's like you don't see anything saying you don't even see even the cheap generic four play on Super Nintendo. Like these do it like you know crappy Atari twenty six hundred cartridges. It's well, it's not bootleg. It's it's officially licensed, but. You're being difficult here. You're leading me closely way too much for my liking. But anyway, um, but, <laughs> my computer can't load shit up. Okay. So, and now it's a C-17. It's at least PG-13 right now. So, when we talk about a playable asterisk. Hold on. It's tribal box foil. Spoiled gloss and embossments. And embossments. I'm fucking sold, dude. A hundred bucks? Oh, okay. <laughs> I won't say this this. If they price this at 60 bucks or even 80, well, it was limited to sold out. Limited. But, limited. But if, if they said to people, we're going to offer you exactly what it was back then with, with bells and whistles for more, excuse me, less than what it cost back then. Even at what it costs, or even eighty. I just think even at eighty. I think a hundred's a little extravagant. But then, what the fuck do I know? Because they sold them out in like five, six days. But if they had like twenty-five thousand, they wouldn't be sold out by now. Still, and the lower price point would have helped. But that's a business discussion. Well, the fact of the matter is, if that added more, they would have sold out in two or three days. Maybe. But you know what would happen if they added more? More houses would have caught on fire from their superintendents flaming up. Because according to their warning on their page, warning, use of this reproduction game cartridge, the product, on the SNES gaming hardware may cause the console to overheat or catch fire. So please exercise extreme caution. Like get out your tongs and oven mitts. I do not. When you use the product, he's standing up. He's out of frame. He's on his balls now. The gold. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times a week people call me and they're like, you sold me a Super Nintendo and it lit on fire and burned my house down. Make sure it's vintage. Make sure there is a fire extinguishment equipment nearby. It says that. Yeah, no, that's, 
Use the product is the soul at the sole risk of the user. The product is sold as is. Neither I am Infant nor Capcom make any representation or warranty express or applied of any kind, including any warranty of merchantability or of fitness for a particular use. Or that the product is safe to use. And I am Infant or Capcom shall have no liability for damage to property or persons arising from use of the product. Nintendo America is in no way associated with the release of this product. Alright, it's fucking physically impossible for a video game to light a system on fire. <laughs> I think what their fear was this, and this could have been Capcom saying, telling the I am a bit, uh, we, will, we want this really weird liability. Because honestly, then, you need that liability from every retro game dealer here. Because they're selling you games to old, vintage hardware. They're acting like this is like a, a, a fucking Model T that is going to blow up when you turn the crank. Is that too esoteric to reference to anyone? No, it's anyway. not. I mean, maybe it is. Okay, but you see the point, though. It's, it's just really weird. Ludo video games uh, sells. Uh, home fires. That's what we do. You sell home fires. We sell home fires. <laughs> One out of every three games we sell, we hope it burns their house down. <laughs> well, your basic sign is, is, a, is a storage room of zip, Zippo lighters, basically. But they're game Right, but default, uh, faulty Zippo lighters. No, no, back in, in prehistoric times, that's how man first created fire. They got out there, they got out there, I am a bit legacy cartridge. A copy of a silent service. And, silent um, service. And, and, the 30th anniversary of this is all right. Okay, more will probably come. I, I wonder why they why do they want the company that hasn't do that much? What do they do with forbidden games besides this? You, you know who? I am Amy. What do they do with forbidden games besides this? What do they do? Like I said at the start, they actually put out officially licensed um, video game soundtracks. Um, which is huge because before that there were just a lot of a uh, bootleg video game soundtracks. The original composers weren't getting paid for it. I actually have a really neat bootleg Mega Man 2 soundtrack, but that was before anyone was doing anything licensed. So I Am 8-Bit does uh, a lot of licensed soundtracks. Um, Digidiscs does a lot of licensed soundtracks, and those companies, I Am 8-Bit and Digidiscs, deserve a, um, a lot of credit for uh, legitimizing the pressing and the printing of soundtracks. All right, then. So, Ian, you're on board with whatever, whatever they release next, then? Uh, yeah. So you're going to buy a $100... 30th anniversary of whatever game comes out next? I uh, didn't see it say that. That's a false equivalency. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. What, what are these retro packing surprises? I don't, I don't know. You tell me. I'm, I'm trying to see. Candy, Cheetos. Cheetos. <laughs> Multicolored Cheetos. Looks like a, a little, little fold-out poster there with with really horrific artwork that's almost right. Remember the Street Fighter 2 artwork in Nintendo Power? How bad that was in that fold-out poster? Anyone here have that? Yeah, but that's like traditional Street Fighter 2 artwork, and I think this is too. Okay, so it's a step up. So, I mean, you can talk about it being awful, but it was, I, it was always awful. That blank is pretty awful right there. That's but, a pretty bad day. Dalsum is too. Dalsum's seen better days here. I wish you guys had visuals. I feel like Dalsum's always seen better days, though. I mean, he's stretchy, dude. Yeah, he's my yogi His partner. skin's seen better days. What's wrong with his skin? He moisturizes? It, no, he doesn't. <laughs> what? He's very healthy, Dalsy. 
Hi. He's living that yoga lifestyle. Who here does yoga besides me? Anyone? Wow, no one. I'm, yeah, I'm in Jersey. Dude, right. you're on the East Coast. But I started yoga in New Jersey. No one does yoga here. That's right, that's right. Vinyasa. That's right. So you, all you people will live longer. Get, get your asses on that. You got to do that. All right, we're just enough of this topic, Ian. Anything else here? No. Is this gonna? Is anyone's just gonna catch on fire here? No. Okay. You just watched that. Then, good points made by us. The lighting was kind of weird. I apologize for brilliant points always by this team. So, we also discussed Mario not being a plumber. Get so, ready to watch so that. So watch that hilarity happen right now. All right. The other weird news that's come out recently. According to Nintendo's website, I didn't know they had bio of characters on Nintendo's website. I, I had no idea what was going on here. Mario's no longer a plumber. No longer a plumber. Nintendo said he's not a plumber. But the thing is, is Mario hasn't really been a plumber for a long, long time. It hasn't been since Mario Brothers, technically, right? I, I mean, my dad, who played Mario Brothers 3, him and I, I clearly remember this. Him and I were sitting down one day, and he was playing Mario 3, and he goes, you know, they've really kind of left behind the whole fact that he was a plumber, didn't they? <laughs> and I was like, he yeah. Over, he has overall still. Yeah, they really did. And, I mean... It's never gotten any better. I mean, he's he hasn't been a plumber in ages. You can even say technically in Super Mario Brothers, the only connection was you're going in sewer pipes, and that was really it. I think at that point, the connection was severed. And even then, it was tenuous by the time you got to World 8. What, what, it, was, it was tenuous before that the whole time. What do you mean? Well, I mean Plumbers don't okay. usually hop on turtles that much, and... Throw fireballs. Have you ever been a plumber? Uh, no, I haven't. That's right. I, I, <laughs> any, any plumbers out here that can speak to the veracity of, of Super Mario Brothers and whether or not that's plumbing? Kevin's dad was a plumber, and I, I mean, he I, told me I stories. hate that Kevin. Fucking Kevin. Kevin. Is there any Back Kevin. Is there any Kevins here? Who here is a Kevin? Kevin? Oh, the one shooting the video. All right, you might be an okay Kevin. You might be an okay, but, but, if, but if, this, if, this, if this gets screwed up or, or this video, anyway. Most Kevins are not okay. All right. Is, is the Kevin I grew up with here, he'd be, he'd be gone. He'd be escorted out. Um, Kevin, I grew up here with. I would, I, would, I, would, I would run at him and. That would become NC-17 real Superman quick. punch. <laughs> Superman punch. <laughs> Diamond cutter out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, off the chair. All right, but the point is that Mario, he was, he was definitely a plumber in Mario Brothers, which was the first game he was plumber. He was a carpenter, donkey. Yeah, he was. Um, they kind of kept journeyman. I mean, when you look at the st the story, he wasn't really it wasn't the traditional Brooklyn plumber thing until they did the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. But that to me is kind of canon. Nintendo had to sign off on that show with Captain Lou. Okay, canon. So it's, it's canon again, and not just that they're from Brooklyn and they're plumbers. <laughs> but that's really the only thing you've heard about in like 30 years that they're plumbers, really. Right. What's that? The movie. The movie. If, if Nintendo could kill people responsible for the movie, they would. You know, if they could legally kill those people, they would. You know. The movie's not canon. Oh, for a very good reference for plumbers, don't worry very good. NC-17. NC-17. But is there everybody in any mini-games even in any of these Mario games that haven't do that much plumbing or using a plunger or a snake or anything like that? Yeah, there was the one on the CDI where they had to pull that reel of poop out of the... Uh 
urinal. Is that true? I never played that. No, it's not Mario. It's not true, Pat. Hey, those Zelda games aren't exactly a high quality, so I don't know. Nintendo would kill what was possible with those games. Bill's game where the drunk dude shit in the urinal. I have no idea. It's CDI. It's Phillips. You're Mario. Mario had to go scoop it out. They released Persona Ties on 3DO. I don't know what they're doing in that system. Don't blame me. I'm asking the questions. I'm a journalist. I, I, I gotta ask the hard yeah. questions, see? Anyway, so. He did a plumbing job in Superstar uh, Saga? Oh, it's, a, it's sort of like a small one, yeah. Okay. Hey, it's a mansion. He's gotta get paid. Well, here's the thing. Let's get realistic. He doesn't live in Brooklyn anymore. Rent's high. Mushroom Kingdom, maybe there's no rent. Maybe they don't poop. Maybe they don't poop. That's a great point. I mean, that's really my point. It's a video game. You got a prim and proper princess. You've got a Nintendo mascot like Mario. Okay, he's a hero. Yeah, you've got a mushroom person? What's a mushroom person gonna poop? Smaller mushrooms? I don't know. Smaller mushrooms, exactly. And you grow powerful from them. But this is just the Disneyfication of Mario we've seen. Starting with, he's no longer a guy we all presume was like probably 40 to 45. He's 26. And it's like, what? Where did that come from? And I actually have people argue that you can become a master plumber by 26. No, you can't. I don't think so. Let's start with your and you can't look like that at 26. Yeah, it's hard to look like that. It's hard to master that mustache like Captain Lou, uh, you know, at 26. But I think it's just the, the way that like Mickey Mouse started off as kind of, you know, kind of an attitude. It's one of little Bart Simpson esque way back when. They quickly made him the nicest character ever. I crumb. Maybe Mario. They want to do the same thing. They want. They don't want a theme park mascot. He's going to be a theme park mascot soon enough. Where maybe he's not Italian anymore. We don't want to offend Italian Americans. You know. Give it up for Italian Americans. We're in Jersey. That's right, Enzo. That's right. No Enzo in San Diego. Thank God. Anyway, hey Enzo. I know Enzo. Um, but I think that's part of the whole process. The whole process of he's 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 now a young age that no one ever thought he would be. He's not a plumber anymore. He's not a person anymore. He's a mushroom kingdom citizen or whatever. He's not, he's not a, a human. person. Why? Because he's Italian. Oh. What are you saying, Pat? Ian's just going Italian SJW over here. That's what's going on. <laughs> I can make fun of Italians because I, I'm partially Italian. I think. Anyway, that makes it go okay. Enzo, is it okay? It's okay, Enzo. I'm partially bullshit. I don't really know what I am. You don't know who you are? Uh, you know, I got, I, I got some Scottish. Get that DNA thing going on. The DNA ancestry test? Yeah, I should do that. You think you should get the DNA ancestry test? No. Probably got some dog in me. Find the, yeah, thank you. Find the origins. We both started. Got some dog. A little cat. This is running off the rails real quick. Version. But Mario did, always had a great job doing other jobs. I mean, he's been in. Oh, he's a jack all traits. Referee. Higgy tennis judge. Interior painting. Was he also flying the little little paddle? Roofing. Uh, roofing? What? He worked on roofs? Is that right? That's, that, that was an, an unreleased game. Um, yeah, he's done a bunch of stuff. He's good. Was he ever uh, a professional race car driver before he did Mario Kart? Was he ever in a race car? I don't know, but he did Demolition and Wrecking Crew. Was, oh, that's right. Going back to a little bit of carpentry. Wasn't he, wasn't he, yeah, it was Alleyway. Wasn't he on the cover of Alleyway driving the, the paddle ship? 
Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that was supposed to be. What was he doing to in a job? Oh, that's right. Okay. What kind of job is that? I don't know. He's interstellar. I don't know. I don't know. He's intergalactic. But before the yeah, anyway. planetary. All right, let's go to Q and A. What are you doing with this? And we're back. Great points, Ian, about Mario once being a stock car racer on a rare uh, Famicom game in 1989. I don't know. You made great points, too, Patrick. Great points, too. So the rest of this podcast will be us not at a video game con besides a Q&A that, unless you were there, you probably never see unless we release our Blu-ray spectacular in 20 years. If there's there's still Blu-rays, hologram Blu-rays, then, right? Video disc. Thank God we weren't late for this news by two weeks, or else we'd never hear the end of it. Uh, There was a press release that came out today from the big N. Not PewDiePie's big N. This is Nintendo (laughs) talking about the SNES Classic Edition Uh, and the the what? The NES Classic Edition. Yeah. So what's going on here? Well, let's first start with the NES Classic Edition and just say, hey... It's coming back in 2018. Now, it was discontinued uh, in April. That's when they announced it being discontinued. Yes. They didn't say it was gone forever, though. They just said it's discontinued for now, but we all thought that's it. That's the end. Well, I think we might have even mentioned during our um, original discussion on this, or at least if we didn't, there were people who did, who said that that did not mean that the door was always closed oh, sure. on it coming back. But it did seem kind of dire, especially at the time. Um, they were getting ready to put out the uh, the new 2DS. Mm-hmm. Um, About the and, same time the announcement was made. Uh, and right. they were ramping up Switch production because they, it was going well and they, they wanted to... They were doubling the production. They were doubling the production. And everyone kind of thought that an SNES Mini was on the way. So, if it was going to come back, uh, we didn't know when, and uh, it, it, it seemed like, at least for the near future, that was a um, massively botched project on Nintendo's end. Sure, because they never even announced that until afterwards, that, oh, it was only to be a holiday release, the NES Classic. Like, right. Oh, that would have been great well, to know before. It would have been nice to have known that ahead of time. So, the SNES uh, uh, Classic is um this to me is a a bit better and to me i want to poke a couple people over this i'll poke them and this is intent was also shot across the ballot at at a few entities yes they also threw the retailers under the The bus bus. for the pre-orders this is good um what we, we were talking about before Nintendo stated when they announced the snes classic edition that they were going to make sure that production was going to be much higher this time and that they were going to focus on there being a lot more available at retail at launch. Remember, the NES class was only 2.3 million, as a reminder, which is very low. Total. Yeah. That, that, world, that was worldwide includes a Famicom? I believe, yeah. Uh, no, that was NES Just, classic. Okay, European and North yeah. America. Um. And then there was the botched pre-orders with... Who was the original one? Uh, that was Toys R Us? Walmart? Uh, it was Walmart, Walmart originally. And then there were the Toys R Us and... Amazon, uh, Best, Best Buy. Yeah. Which I, I, I mine stayed, thankfully. And, uh, you know, those sold out super quick. 
And everyone started complaining and bitching and moaning about how Nintendo was fucking it up again. And you and I stated once again that this might not be Nintendo's fault. Just like, damn you! Just like we did the first time uh, around with the SNES Mini uh, Classic Edition pre-orders, that this could be very well the retailer's problem. Jumping the gun, or just I don't know, just doing something stupid, trying to one up each other. Who knows what the hell happened? Yeah, exactly. And today, Nintendo comes out and says, "Yeah." That was the retailer's fault, not ours. Reggie fils said that. Yeah. Directly. And came out and said, do not pay more than $79.99. And he said, you know, basically said, as we said, we are focusing on having plenty at launch. And I can't remember which article it was that we were reading when we were coming up with topics, but one states that they plan on having as many at launch as they did in total during the entire NES Classic run. That's a press release from That's today. That's a press that, release. That was okay. a press release. So, th- so originally Reggie said, uh, this was uh, yesterday on September 11th, uh, he said that we aren't providing specific numbers, but we will produce a diff- significantly more units of Super NES Classic Edition than we did of NES Classic Edition. Um... Then, then he also mentioned that, yeah, it was retailers doing what they do. It was beyond our control, the pre-orders, which makes sense. Nintendo can't tell Walmart when to put the pre-orders up and take it down. Nintendo can't do that. All they can do is say, we're going to give you this many amount of units for pre-order. That's all they can do. So the press release comes out, and the press release says this. <clears throat> Due to the incredible demand. So they're recognizing this. This is very key here. Because they never said stuff like incredible demand before the NES class came out. They didn't realize that. Right. We'll get into they what that means. But anyways. Uh, do the incredible incredible, uh, incredible demand for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, colon, Super NES Classic Edition, which is redundant. Nintendo plans to ship the RetroSpire product into 2018. Originally, it was just going to be for the holiday season of 2017. Originally, originally shipments were announced to cease at the end of this calendar year. In addition, more units of the Super NES Classic will ship on its September 29th launch date in the U.S. than were shipped of NES Classic Edition all of last year, with subsequent shipments arriving in stores regularly. Fans have shown their unbridled enthusiasm for these Classic Edition systems, so Nintendo is working to put many more of them onto store shelves, which is good because then that, that makes it harder for scalpers and their bots to go on websites and, and buy 50 at a time. Which was something that I believe I brought up, or one of us brought up, but I think I had brought, we, we had talked about the last time was the benefit, because everyone's so concerned about these fucking pre-orders. The pre-orders are kind of where the problem Lies if they're on store shelves and everyone can walk in and get one. It's then harder the to scalpers are cut off at the knees. Yeah. It's a lot harder for them to take advantage of the situation. Yeah, especially if stores are smart enough to limit people to, to say two. two. Yeah, then it becomes next to impossible. You know, you can get one for yourself and you can get one for a friend. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, even if you have a couple of friends or family members buying them, then okay, maybe get six. But you're not getting 50 with your fucking bot. You're not going to have that pyramid stack of 100 that people are still having trying to sell. And right now, the NES Classic is like $200 still. Yeah. Uh, or, or actually, let's buy it now on eBay brand new. So this is key. Something happened here. Something happened, especially with the following. Because that was like, okay, that makes sense. Because they, they, they said that we're going to do better. But then they said next summer, Nintendo will also bring back the NES Classic. 
edition with new shipments. More information about the timing of the return of NES Classic Edition will be announced in the future. I wonder what Pat the NES Punk thinks about that. Maybe we'll find out. So, uh, of course, people have the right to be skeptical about skeptical about yes. Nintendo in the they, past. They sure do. Skeptical about Nintendo in the past not doing this. But the fact that they say in a press release that they say unbridled enthusiasm, incredible demand, you know, phrases like that, that is really good because they usually don't say shit like that. Right. So this is what I think would happen. I honestly think this is Nintendo of America, basically fucking Reggie. I can picture Reggie getting a baseball bat and his crew flying over to Tokyo and busting some fucking heads. Yeah. <laughs> and saying, listen, we are leaving tons of money on the table. Mm-hmm. He can't say this stuff publicly because he's not the one in charge. Right. Japan is. But he, he's, been, he's probably showing them charts and graphs and all the fucking scalpers and saying, people are paying $200 for these. We can make more and make a ton of bank. And somehow the message fucking got through that by doing this, you're not cannibalizing your virtual console sales. It has nothing to fucking do with Switch sales at all. Nothing. So somehow, some way, this message got through. He showed them videos of crying baby adults not getting their toys. I just think he pulled an Al Capone from the Untouchables and just beat someone over the head with a baseball bat. Now, I, I, so, just, I just wanted to agitate the people who got mad at me last podcast. That's oh, about, about pull up your pampers? Oh, apparently there was a whole NeoGAF thread where people were very angry at me. Was there really? I, I, but Ian, those are your people on NeoGAF. I don't know. Those are your kind. People misunderstood me. They all have your was, SJW pins on uh, NeoGAF. <laughs> apparently people misunderstood me as promoting... Uh, uh, piracy when really all I was saying was um, fucking get over it. Can I be preemptively banned from NeoGAF? That'd be awesome. So here everyone, they ban everyone left and right for no reason. Anyway. Um, great news. Uh, now I understand why it's going to take a while to get the NES Classic back into the till probably. They, they probably have to uh, get the SNES out first and, well, then, and reassess where they are next year. This is what their focus is right now. And they're probably using some similar parts too. Similar, probably assembly lines, similar, you know, uh, yeah, similar parts, similar production uh, people that are probably doing that work. I think this answers a question that a lot of people ask, too, um, which is the one about the um, N64 Classic Edition. I think this safely says that an N64 Classic Edition, if it's coming, is not coming for a few years, because we've got the um, SNES Mini um, going into t- 2018. Then NES we have the SNES itself. Classic coming in summer of 2018, and I would not be surprised if enthusiasm is still there that that pushes into 2019. Sure. Uh, because that, that why not run that through the 2018 holiday season in 2019? Um, why not? If, it does, if, the, yeah. if the sales don't slow down, this is like, oh my god, Nintendo's seeing the light. They can sell 20 million of these easily. Right. And at eighty dollar price point for the SNES one, if people were saying, "Oh, they weren't making much of a profit before with the NES," they definitely are at eighty bucks. They definitely are. Even though that extra controller costs them two dollars, you know, to do that extra controller. But the fact of the matter is, there's less licensed games that they have to go out and get for the SNES, and it's twenty dollars more. Oh, by the way, I saw a um, literally today. I saw a uh, knockoff NES Mini. A uh, lady came in. <laughs> looking for uh, an audio video cable for the uh, NES Mini uh, for a knockoff one. It had two 
nine pin controller boards. Oh, I've seen these, I think. Uh, with two really shitty NES, you know, knockoff controllers with nine pin controller ports. Okay. Um, a sticker on the front in that generic font that seems to be on all Chinese bootleg merchandise mm -hmm. that said um, Nintendo uh, Entertainment Player. And then... Uh, was this in the box or loose? It was in a box. So, and, and the box was just awful. Because I've seen boxes now look pretty good. No, no. This, this was awful. This didn't even try. Okay, was she trying to trade this in? No, no. She just wanted an AV cord. She okay. just wanted an AV cord for it. But it was an AV cord format I have never seen before. <laughs> but there, but she's like, AV she's like, I got this NES Classic offline and it didn't come with an AV cord. And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't have this. The power and reset buttons did not have any wording on them. And they both clicked all the way in. The reset button didn't pop... Back out? Back out. So this this is worse than the ones we saw that you, you can probably tell. The one that on. I said looked like a beat-up like lunch sandwich? Yeah, no, this was... <laughs> a lunch sandwich? Yeah, like a... As opposed to a dinner sandwich. I meant one that you would find, like... <laughs> Shut up. Um, one that you would find like in a paper bag. I meant like crushed by two school books. Um, no, okay. this was awful looking. But yeah. So this is, but this is great news though. I mean, yes. Uh, and of course, again, you can be skeptical about this, but until they fuck this up, the fact that they confidently said there's going to be 2.3 million at least on September 29th, that's just for day one, which means to believe that throughout the rest of the months, there's going to be a 10 million at least. We'll see. But even if there's 1.5. At on launch. launch, that's a hell of a lot better. Instead yeah. of squeaking them out, barely, barely shitting them out. When they the announced it, we talked about if there was pyramids of these at Best Buys and GameStops at launch. You know, they they could they could sell all of them, and it's going to be the case. Yeah, this, we but we might actually see stacks of these. That actually. was that's one of the things I used to say. Yeah, imagine the display at Target when you had like you know seventy, eighty of them just there, and they'd be gone within a couple of a day or two yeah and they could replenish that every other day for the holiday season so now we're gonna see right. they didn't do it for the nes because we realized they didn't have any to promote at the super bowl or even on monday night raw there was no commercials right now we'll see what commercials because there's, they're producing say 10 million 20 there's gonna be commercials there's gonna be promotion besides just youtube to the general public that's gonna be interesting to see and I think that's going to open up the eyes in Nintendo Japan to see, oh, shit, what did we do? What did we lose out on last holiday season for the future? And, yeah, we'll see about the N64 Classic. I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't see it coming out anytime soon. Uh, I think because, one, the controllers are a little more complicated and more expensive. Two, uh, those games go for a lot more in the virtual console. Well, like we well. talk, well, we've talked about them private before. Yeah. We, you don't, they don't want to devalue those, but just, just from a basic production standpoint, I think this chokes it up too much for them to even consider it for a while. True, but um, but it's not like this is overly complicated. I saw uh, in order to put out multiple products. I think it's silly to think that. I saw one article on Forbes by Eric Kane. That was a shit article. Uh, basically saying that there's no reason. Uh, why it's a mistake for Nintendo to release more NES Classic? Why it's a mistake? Is it a mistake they're going to be selling these out next summer? That the demand's still going to be through the roof? How is probably it because he has ten in his closet and he wants to make a lot of money. <laughs> is, is it, is he, are you calling out Eric Kane as a scalper? Is that what you're doing? But sure. he said, this is ridiculous, by the way. These old NES games are fine, but they rely on nostalgia more than anything. And nostalgia gets old fast. 
To be honest, the games on the NES Mini are pretty dated at this point. Oh, God, suck my nips, Eric. Few of these games can rival the Mini SNES catalog. So Super Mario 3 is no good still? Like, that's just no good. That's not still considered one of the best platformers of all time? Is that right, Ian? Dr. Mario still not an excellent uh, puzzle game? Really? Is there really... You really need that big of an upgrade from the NES to the Super Nintendo to play Dr. Mario? Are Are you telling me that? Seriously? Come on. Come on, Eric. You know better. And even if you said... Is, is he going to tell me that Jeff Beck's not a good guitarist? I mean, just because he's fucking old? The truth is, games improved in pretty enormous ways between the two systems. Making the SNES far more desirable than the NES Classic Edition at least has something people are likely to actually play. Wow. Oh my god, shut the fuck up. The games play the same. They just look slightly different. I was going to say, the, the, the SN- mechanics. There, there's probably no other si- two systems on the planet where... One was literally the super version of the one that came before it. Like, it really was. Because the stylistically, the games were largely the same yes. on the next system. They just, again, like you said, graphically better, musically, audio was better, and you had more buttons. But yep. they were, it was really the same style of games. The differences between something like the Master System and the Genesis were way different. But the yeah. Super Nintendo and the regular Nintendo, it was just a leap in processing and graphics and sound. Sure. So, not a mistake for this to happen, because people are going to love this and buy it, and Nintendo's going to make a shitload of money, and they're they're still going to make a profit off the NES Classic. The big question, though, with the NES Classic, Ian, is whether or not they're going to do stuff like fix the the controller cord length on that, because it is going to be longer for the SNES Classic. Are they going to change the game lineup? I'd probably say no to that. But are they going to patch it somehow so you can't hack it? They have the time to do that. They probably will do that. That's that's what I think is going to happen. I don't care. I mean, if they... (laughs) I think there's something I think there's something almost quaint and unique about it not being able to be hacked. So I wouldn't actually be against that. I think there's something interesting to be well, said about well, it. Will there be a different box so the first edition will still be worth a lot more? <laughs> I'll lick my ass. Um, <laughs> I I think the it'll only be changed if licensing is a problem or up. And uh, I would like to see them include two controllers so there's not that crazy controller rush. Oh, we didn't think about that. They're going to have to produce a lot more controllers if they're going to be putting out like 5 million, 10 million more NES classics. Well, you got to figure the SNES controller is slightly more expensive and they're putting two in that box. It would make sense for them to put two NES controllers in that box, especially because I, I think we kind of went over it, but there was almost more or at least equal amounts of, of two-player important games on the NES Classic, like Tecmo Bowl and, and uh, Double Dragon 2. Well, in Europe, you can get the uh, the the controller. They're the same ones. They're just, they're just different box for $40. It used to be only 15 or 20 because I think they must have found a new, bunch of stock. I was going to say new old stock, but the thing is barely out of stock. But in the U.S., you can't find them. U.S. people are trying to get $150 by it now for the controller, for the same controller. Which is insane. Yeah, here's someone who has a stack of 50 uh, controllers of the European ones, $35 by now from Greece. Get your Greek NES Classic controllers. All right, good news, and then we'll see if Nintendo drops the ball again. But I think, like I said, I think Reggie started busting heads like Negan in Walking Dead. I think he, he had to make an example out of someone. At least that, in my mind, that's what it is. I, I picture, uh, you know, Reggie being the enforcer now. That's. <laughs> Let me tell you about That's It Fruit and Veggie Bars. You know That's It Fruit Bars. Ian and I have spoke about them on the podcast. I still don't know how they work. There's only there's only fruit in here. Apple and strawberry, apple and mango, apple and coconut. Well, now they have That's It Veggie Bars. It's a little bit different, right? So these are, in my mind, a more 
healthy version or a healthier version of a granola bar. But you have veggies in here and bean combinations. So my favorites are black beans and peas. There's black beans and corn, black beans and carrots. And they're healthy, 90 calories each about. It's non-GMO. There's no, no additives in there. There's no preservatives in there. It's gluten-free. They're, they're tasty. They're tasty. It's a light snack on the go. Throw it in your car or your little knapsack or your purse or do people still have fanny packs? Whatever. The whole point is that it's a nice, healthy snack, and it won't weigh you down, and it, and it feels good. It feels good to eat something healthy every now and then, right? Go to that'sitfruit.com, enter code CUPODCAST, and save 10% on any order. Again, it's under 100 calories, 4 grams of veggie protein, great source of fiber, non-GMO, no preservatives, no fat, gluten-free, use it for a snack, for a treat. You won't feel guilty at midnight like me sometimes grabbing one of these. Once again, go to that'sitfruit.com and enter code CUPODCAST podcast to save 10 percent today ian you weren't on the podcast when the uh the initial reaction to our pal felix pewdiepie came down but well, i did come back like the podcast after because i got to give my impressions and people you know you launched, did after launched right into after me. after they barbecued me for a couple weeks and then um, i got i got a i got a taste of that too yeah that was i think you can only say they only did lately everyone likes you pet they all hate me um but, <laughs> but um uh, what happened was, you know, he had he had a string of anti-Semitic humor, Nazi jokes. Uh, w- the Wall Street Journal posted about it. Might have helped start the apocalypse along with a couple other little things. Um, and then we're still suffering from the, the fallout of that. With People the felt the need to defend him. Sure. So what happened recently? So there was a live stream where he was playing a third-person shooter game. Uh, what was it called? Uh, Player Unknowns Battlegrounds Multiplayer Survival Shooter. No idea what that th- what that is. That's the game that Norman and I keep trying to get you to play. Oh, is that you said it's like a new version of Rainbow Six, basically? N- no, it's um like Battle Royale. Oh well, maybe we can play it with Felix because then he can call us the N word while we're playing. Yeah, and boy, did it come out of his mouth so smooth, like a number four on the Bristol scale. <laughs> like like he says it every day. Well, that's why I think what's what's kind of surprising not surprising about it because you know he he's a edgy guy and i use that loosely but that's his humor but what's interesting is that when people are trying to defend him there's like oh it was a heated gaming moment no it wasn't it was it was it was as heated as 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 me playing a game of snake on my graphing calculator in high school yeah Yep. That's about as heated as it got. Also, heated gaming moment is one of the stupidest fucking phrases I've ever heard. Uh, heated gaming moment. I've yelled a lot of things during heated gaming moments. I've 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 never felt the need to um, yell a racial slur. I I think that's the other weird part about it is that when people are jumping to defend uh, uh, Felix, and Felix actually apologized. Hey, we're going to get into, but good that he did that because he was because he was very defiant about. Um, you know the the uh, Hitler did nothing wrong jokes and and the uh, death to all Jews jokes and things like that. He he was like, oh, I, I'm just an artist, I'm a performer, entertainer. Um, this though, I think to a lot of people, even crossed that line. People that were willing to defend him before, not everyone, but even some are like, okay, this is a little much now because again, this wasn't him trying to do some sort of elaborate uh, Fiverr joke where he pays someone to do see how far they're going to go, even though the joke was really stupid. And you can do a lot of other things instead of that joke to make the same fucking point. This was just like you said, casually comes out of his mouth like he's talking about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yep. And that to me is sort of 
what I think really hit people was like, oh, this is that casual racism people talk about that we think is just a catchphrase. This is what it is. Right. So I think that's what hit home for more people. Problematically, I think, too, is that people are like, well, it's just a word. It's just an it's just an insult. Or he didn't mean it that way. It was just, you know, a heated gaming moment. And, you know, it just it slipped out of his mouth as an insult. He didn't mean it because, you know, he doesn't like black people or or this or that. And it's like. Think for two seconds about what you're fucking saying. And I, 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 I'm not even talking about Felix. I'm, I'm thinking about the people who are defending him. If you say something as an insult, then that means you think there's a negative connotation to that word. Or you know what that connotation it is. is. You, so know, you know the meaning of it. That's immediately... Def- I mean, immediately that argument is shot. It's defenseless. It, it It's like... And, and I used to fucking go off on people in high school all the time for this. It, it was like when people would use derogatory uh, terms for, for, for gay people. Oh, well, I just use that word because, you know, it's just it's just an insult. You know, it's a word that sounds, you know, impactful and, you know, gets across a meaning and it's like, but why is that an insult? Why is that a powerful word to you? Because you know what it means and you know it's offensive and you know it hurts other people. Uh, yeah, I think obviously the term he used is, is is so harsh because it conjures up so much at one time. Oh, it, con- it conjures uh, up fucking. It conjures up a, the, the, a, the history of slavery, a history of uh, the Civil War, Jim Crow, um, the uh, how, what was it? Twenty thousand lynchings that went on over a forty fifth year in this country. Lynching. We're talking. We're talking lawless lynchings where that was screamed at people that were either burned alive in the United States. This isn't a foreign country or just lynched en masse without any without any uh, justice to be done to those people that did that. So there's a lot more to this word than I would argue a lot of other uh, racial slurs, uh, other ethnic slurs. Or, or any, uh, any, especially any... At least, at least in this country. Sure. At least in this country. Like, he's not an American, which I brought up before, uh, maybe a little sloppily, that maybe where he's from in Sweden, there's a different history of racial terms doesn't excuse it. Doesn't I'm just saying, it at all. that's a possibility. Um, I'm going to say this, though, before we get to his, apology, to his apology, and I'll say this to anyone defending that word. If, you're, if you can defend the use of that word so easily, feel free to say it around African Americans in the future. Yep, give it a shot. Give it a shot. If, you're so, if, you, think, if you think it's harmless and you think it does, it's just a word, go ahead and use it. Go and, ahead. And I want to make this argument because I thought this argument was fucking great um some it's not mine i wish i could credit whoever i saw making it on twitter but it was if you think it's just a word and that people need to not be upset about it Mm -hmm. then when we call you racist for using it well then racist is just a word and you need to Uh. not get upset about that and you need to not defend yourself and get all up in arms about us calling you racist. It's just a word. Uh, the best probably slam I saw about this was that, I guess, journalist Ian Miles Chong... He's a fucking piece of shit! Okay, if well, I could... Uh, Ian? Ian? The, be- <laughs> the best response I said when he said, Felix using... Um, I, oh, I don't want to paraphrase him. But he basically said... Felix using the N word and he and he and that was what he typed out. N word is not a big deal. You have to get over it. 
And some responded, if it's not a big deal, why did you use the quote N-word and not use the full word self? Because he's a fucking piece of shit. No, because he f- knows yeah, it's wrong. I know. Exactly. Because and, he's and a he, fucking coward and he's constantly He knows on. it's wrong, too, and he's, he's dying on a really bad hill. He's so, constantly dying on a bad hill. It's an awful hill to die on. And again, this isn't someone. This isn't someone that's an actor in a movie. This is someone whose audience is younger people and children. Uh, PewDiePie, and that was always my biggest issue with it, is that it's the whole like you said, people going to high school used to use different terms when we were in high school that we grew up and got over with. To make this acceptable to me is kind of disgusting. So. Before we get into his apology, I was going to say I would have given his apology a lot more credit. And he said the right things in the apology. He said I should I, I should should do better. People look at me. I'm on YouTube. This is I maybe I haven't learned from my past mistakes. He said it's not that I think I can say or do whatever I want and get away with it. That's not it at all. I'm just an idiot. So I do agree. You are an idiot to some extent. I, I will agree with you there. Uh, but I think you can get away with it at this point, just because. You're a multimillionaire. If you left YouTube tomorrow, it wouldn't matter. But he at least appeared, he, at least to me, he, he appeared sorry, like honestly sorry. But the problem is the damage has been done by him. Because when Charlottesville happened, the fucking tweet I saw was uh, when it showed all those assholes with the tiki torches marching. All the alt-right salt, alt, alt, fucking supremacist Pepe prick-sucking son of a bitches. His response was... They must have watched too many PewDiePie videos. Oh, Felix, you sure got your fucking thumb on the pulse of what the criticism was of you. Now, no one ever said your videos made people racist or made them white supremacists or made them alt-right. What we were saying is, congratulations, you became the favorite YouTuber of the alt-rights and the white supremacists and the fucking Pepe prick suckers. You did, buddy. Whether or not you wanted that to happen, you made it happen. Um, as far as his apology goes, and, and no offense, Pat, I gotta say this. Fuck his apology. He didn't say the right things. He said the things he needed to say but, to save any semblance of any career he might ever fucking have again. Maybe this was his tipping point, though. Some people have to hit rock no. bottom. I'm just gonna say, I don't know what's, what's in his heart I don't think he. Time. I don't think he has a rock bottom. Every, I, well, everyone does, Ian. Okay, I, sure. Everyone I, has a rock he, bottom. He's a young guy still. They're, they're, you know, from what people say, he is one of these like sort of introverted guys. And I, I meet these guys. You know, I know these YouTubers. They get fame way too young. Sure. They get money way too young, and they don't know how to handle it. They you don't, don't have a time to grow up. You don't go from making a comment like that Charleston comment fucking a well, month that's, ago well, to, to this. Well, that's what I mean. That's what that's where I'm saying that he still has something to learn. But maybe this is... Maybe something like this hits it home for, holy shit, what am I doing? You don't Speak. smoothly shit the N-word out of your mouth like that and then suddenly have a fucking change of heart in, in three days. I just wish, though, that he moderated his goddamn comments, or at least in his apology didn't allow comments because you saw some pretty fucking nasty uh, replies to his even apology. And you saw what sort of fans he's uh, and people he's attracting. Let's just say that he did. That he attracted with his brand of humor. So whether or not, buddy, whether or not you're proud of it now, you got to fucking own it because this is your legacy at this point in time. Not saying you can't turn around. Not saying you can't get better. But this is why when I was getting on you for you um, stirring the pot like you were, you got to realize what the ramifications are versus just I'm just entertainer and comedian. 
And again, this isn't a free speech issue. You can say whatever the fuck you want. You can go and play all your games and say any racial slurs you want. But now you got to own up to it, what you are, what you've, uh, the, the fan base and community you have. And going forward, what are you, what are you going to be like? What are you going to stand up for? It's almost like we were right about them all along. Yeah, so anyone that came after me uh, back then, like I'm the bad guy, I couldn't see into his heart a little bit. I think I was on the money a little bit at least, at least a little bit of his immaturity and not knowing what the effects, ramifications of what he was doing were on his fucking 12-year-old audience. They're not all 12-year-olds. No, they're not all 12-year-olds. They're 14 and 15. His and heart's a so, fucking sewage pump. So we, this leads, though, to um, the ramifications. DMCA being done by uh, Campo Santo co-founder Sean Vanneman. Firewatch. The Firewatch developer, he tweeted that they were going to do DMCA takedown requests to remove all videos of PewDiePie playing his company's title. He tweeted, I'm sick of this child getting more and more chances to make money off of what we make. Uh, and he said, PewDiePie is worse than a closeted racist. He's a propagator of despicable garbage that does real damage to the culture around this industry. That's the other point about what this does to gaming culture. Like, this this is the worst of gaming culture. This yes. is the, the 12-year-old Xbox uh, live kiddies playing Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. And you hear the clips. When people try to troll these little kids, they go right to the racial slurs. They go right to the homophobic uh, name-calling and things like that. And this is, again, this, this is the face of YouTube. So... I saw uh, Jim Sterling talk about this a little bit about uh, he's officially a liability like um, to, to all of YouTubers. And you can say whether or not it's justified or not, but we are where we are. He accelerated um, all the quote-unquote adpocalypse turmoil uh, because if I'm an advertiser, I don't want my shit in front of this asshole. No. I don't want my games in front of him. But now we're in a weird state now where he's now ca- uh, causing uh, a game developer to file a DMCA against a YouTuber. This now brings us into shady sort of legal territory because there's no legal precedent for whether or not a Let's Play is is fair use or not. Exactly. In my opinion, um, I would say this, and this might be where it ends up in court eventually. It might be, like like, like with the review, how much of the game are you showing, the length of what you're showing, the extent of it. Is it transformative? So maybe you do a Let's Play for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you edit it up, and maybe that's okay, but if you're most less players and you fucking do a 10-hour let's play the entire game, maybe that's not okay. The whole point is that we have no legal precedent. There's been no rulings about it. And I think both sides are afraid to get to that point, because you're going to have the one side where the developers love the free publicity. They love that these guys do let's plays and sell them games. On the other side, you have YouTubers, let's players probably scared to death if it comes down that let's plays are not legal in terms of fair, fair use. So... That, that, that sort of uh, bridge hasn't been crossed yet. But if We're pe- getting closer. Well, if a bunch of other developers decide certain YouTubers like him, they don't want to be represented or the, have their products shown in that light, we're going to get to court more sooner than later. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to end up. I don't know how that ramification is going to be. Because that might then take out a whole fucking genre of videos. It might impact Twitch, even, in terms of legality, where maybe most developers still don't care about uh, you know, their stuff getting less played. But then if one certain developer says, fuck you, I don't want you playing it, they're going to have no legal recourse once they yank it away. Right. So, YouTube, huh? It's all fun and games. Yeah. yeah. Until someone irresponsible doesn't know to keep his mouth fucking shut. So, <laughs> Rockstar is bringing L.A. Noir to the PS4, Xbox One, and most importantly, I think, 
the Switch. Most importantly. Um, <clears throat> them bringing it to the PS4 and the Xbox One is, uh, frankly, not at all interesting to me. Um, ports of games uh, from, say, the PS2 and the Xbox era, uh, to me, are, are interesting because it keeps these games um, on the market and available for people to play. It's, sure. it's part of preservation of games. Okay, Sure, it, and there could be some nice up- updates to them. Right, and that's always nice, too. You get some you know fidelity upgrades, but it keeps these games available for people to play, especially as backwards compatibility becomes something that is not possible, uh, they don't want to do. But, it, I mean, really, we are getting to the point where, as much as people complain about it, um, in some instances, it's becoming a technical impossibility. But... Honestly, L.A. Noir, and I mean, it was released last generation. I don't 2011. know. 2011. Yeah. And um, sure, it would be nice, I think. I mean, you loved the game to play it again in, uh, you know, for some people in a, in a nicer graphical uh, setting with some extras. But um, I'm not so sure that we need that. I mean, uh, we need that re release. I think, you know, people with PS4s and Xbox Ones would rather see maybe a sequel. What's interesting is it coming to the Switch. And while that, why, why that's interesting is it's third-party support. It, it's more third-party support for the Switch. What we're seeing is, is Rockstar Games offering third-party support for the Switch. Now, right now, it's just in the form of a re-release. But if this game does well on the Switch, well, that means... I mean, Rockstar is one of the the big publishers that could be huge that's grand theft auto this this is the biggest third party developer i think they could possibly get i think if if you had to pick one to to go over to the switch this to me would be the most impactful one off the bat if i had to pick one that is currently not on it in my opinion sure yes uh so there's first before we get into the impact what I like about this re-release, and this is the one thing that pissed me the fuck off, this more than any other fucking game when it came out had different mission packs that were exclusive, uh, whether yeah. you pre-ordered it at GameStop, Walmart, Target, and there might have been a, I think, I think Toys R Us. A, I thought there was a Best Buy one. I, I, there was at least four different exclusive missions that you could only play if you, so I was like, holy shit, do I get the traffic pack, or I get the, the that one, or I get that, like, so I had to pick, oh, maybe traffic, so I've never played all the missions. So this is going to have everything, all the extra missions. So of course, the uh, is this a perfect game? No, but it took chances, it took risks. We haven't seen a game like it afterwards with this much uh, acting and basically having a reason for acting that instilled in your the player choices. Where it's like, oh, I got to like try to read people and talk to them, and yeah, you can solve uh, almost every mission multiple ways, even if you fucked up. I get it. It was still a cool idea. It was cool to have like a GTA type game. In 19, was it 1947 LA? So, yeah, this is definitely Rockstar dipping their toe in the water. And if it does well, <laughs> dipping their toe in the water. Oh, Jesus. Get your foot down. Um, and this isn't a big risk of Rockstar to do this. No. So, you can make the argument that, well, you know, if this was an all new game, there's no way they would do it. But that's why I love this because. I'm definitely going to get a game on here that at least, okay, I love this because this is a game that you wouldn't, uh, the Switch wouldn't get otherwise, but it's also a game the Switch probably needs to give it a boost as well. This is like the adult game on the kiddie console that's coming out November 14th. And then, of course, like you said, 
Maybe that means maybe there'll be a re-release of GTA Five, and they, maybe they can get that onto the Switch. And uh, you know, it might not. Next Red it Dead might game. not be the PS4, or the Xbox One version, but something in between. Yeah. Because you know, this was running on Xbox 360 yeah. and PS3. They can get that running on the Switch, and people forget. GTA oh well, it's just another it, re-release. Yeah. Well, for a lot of people, there's a huge. There's a lot of attractiveness to being able to take that on the go. If, you, if I haven't played it, it's new to me. Right, and yeah. and it's you get the portability and also the, uh, the 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 ability to play it on the TV screen. So I think for a lot of people, even just the ability to have something like LA Noir or the the potential to have something um, like uh, GTA Five on the go is enough to get them excited. Yeah. So if GTA Five ran fire, fine in the 360, obviously it wasn't it didn't look as good. As the Xbox One, yeah, but that's the version. I mean, that was that. that but no one say, knew it was coming out for the Xbox One at the time. That's and that my was point. The version though. that was critically acclaimed. If we got something that looked as good as the 360 version of GTA Five on the Switch, that's a game changer. Because then all of a sudden, you this is not just oh we have the Legend of Zelda open world. Now we can do open world stuff. Maybe it doesn't look as shiny as as the PS4 or the Scorpio or whatever the hell else. But at least you got it. Right. You know, at least you fucking got it. And then maybe that means then when the next Red Dead game comes out, yeah, it won't look as nice. Maybe the frame rate will drop to 30. Uh, but at least you fucking got it on a portable. And then Nintendo wins. And then I think, I like just to go back to it, unlike, unlike the Wii U where... You know, if if they had if the if Nintendo had gotten a game on the Wii U that was also on the PS3 or the Xbox 360, um, I mean that's not exactly right because that also could have been the Wii. Anyways, and they had compared it, and these were just home consoles, then people would not have seen any any benefit necessarily to having that game on the Wii U hmm. necessarily. But because of the the nature of the Switch, how it works, the fact that you can do the multiplayer, the fact that you can do the portability, then I think these things like slight graphical downgrades and things like that aren't going to matter as much to people because of what you can do with the Switch. Sure. I'm trying to think about it. yeah, what if they you know, what if they re released GTA five and did something with a second player? I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Who knows? You know, the, I I just well, think there is multiplayer in GTA Five, so technically you could do link up with two switches and just do local multiplayer. Oh, well, there like you go. That. You're thinking you're doing uh, doing Rockstar's uh, marketing forum. So uh, again, this is I think this is great news. So I almost on principle have to buy this on the Switch again because I want to fucking pre-order at four different locations to play all the missions. But the, the, like like I said, if 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 you get a GTA Five re-release or you get the next Red Dead game somehow on the Switch. Maybe that won't be as likely, but who knows? I don't know. I think then Nintendo's where they're going to be where I thought they would have been with the Wii U, but never ended up. You know, five years later. Right. So, there you go. Are you going to shave again, Ian? I've been contemplating it. I'm going to shave tomorrow. And I have some razors from Dollar Shave Club I could use. How many blades? Well, you, well it's funny you should ask. Because you, you got have- a choice. <laughs> so, if you go to dollarshaveclub.com slash podcast. Any blade there is only $1 with no obligation for the Ooh. first month and free shipping. You have a choice of the executive. Six blades, it's usually $9. Dollar the first month. If you want to go a little more conservative, you get the 4X. And how many blades does that have you? you get four. It's in the name. 
<laughs> I was always uh, a fan of the classic two blade. The, the two? That's the humble twin. It's humble. I'm, I like the humble twin. And they so, give you a nice handle. I've used the handles are, Shave Club before. The handles They're are sturdy. weighty. The handles are sturdy. You can hit so, some And these all the come with like five replacement. Let's see. The humble twin has five replacement cart- cartridges. You get four places with the 4X. And the executive, the one I recommend, is that you get six uh, blade cartridges in that pack. Uh, again, there's no obligation. You can cancel any time. It's a, a dollar for the... You know, even if you want an extra razor for travel, it's worth it. You know, mm-hmm. go to dollarshaveclub.com slash podcast. Get started there. There's also lots of other cool stuff they have. You know, they, they have a bunch of gift boxes, things like that. Shave butter. They have the, those... Uh, those five, what is it? The five white Charlies? What are those called? What? One, five, wait, one white Charlies. <laughs> <laughs> one wipe Charlie's they have they got shaving cream post shave cream they have gift cards again go to dollarshaveclub.com slash CU podcast see what they have to offer there and then Loot Crate Ian Ian what do you, what do you like about Loot Crate what I like about <laughs> I'm asking like you're in second grade use the declarative sentence and repeat the subject Ian what I like about Loot Crate is uh, all the fun themes that they do. Um, sometimes you get uh, uh, superheroes. Sometimes you get uh, like uh, cyber themes like Tron and Transformers. Uh, sometimes you get mystery themes. Um, you know, and then you would get like Jessica Jones stuff in there. Sure. Um, so every month, you know, you get a Loot Crate. And it's a different theme, and you get What's totally exclusive stuff. There's usually a t-shirt, um, generally sometimes like a figurine, and then you get some cool pins mm-hmm. um, and, and, and various stuff like that. And Ian, this theme, you, you may not know it, maybe you do from the last podcast, it's robotic. Ooh. So what happens in robotic? You'll find items from Star Wars, Star Trek, Aliens... And Blade Runner. Remember, the new movie's coming out soon. That's right. So check that out. You have until September 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to try out. Go to lootcrate.com slash pat. Use code pat for 10% off any new subscription. There's also Loot Crate DX, where it's a bigger box, more gooder, more bigger. There's Loot Pets. There's also Loot Gaming as well. You can try out. Again, they're a proud sponsor of the CU Podcast. There's good stuff in there. Now it's quality over quantity as well, and, and it's just about all exclusive. The T-shirts are, are usually good. Like, oh, yeah. They're usually good. Even if I don't personally like the T-shirt, they're all like well-made. I was wearing... Very uh, cool design. I was wearing the, 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 the one, one of my favorite ones. Well, the first ones I got, the Green Ranger white, slash green White Ranger. Ranger. I fucking love that shirt. That's, I wear it too much. That's a classic. People are asking about it. About it. Random people that, that say, hey, I kind of recognize that. What is that? I'm like, yeah, it's Green Ranger and White Ranger. They're like, oh, the original? I'm like, yeah. That didn't, been, didn't someone ask about it at the airport? At the airport restaurant. Yeah. When I, when I got you a free meal. Uh, that's all their weird story. Anyway, go to LootCrate.com <laughs> slash Pat. Use code Pat for 10% off any new Loot Crate subscription. Loot Crate, thank you for sponsoring the CU Podcast. Ian, we have a scumbag. Scumbag. Seller of the week. Scumbag. Scumbag. Week. Seller. Week. 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 Who is this scumbag seller? Ian? I, fuck Chunk Toys with their fucking terrifying-ass logo. It's like a big blue-eyed baby with a gigantic head. Bite souls for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> what? I've got one in this box. <laughs> wow. Ow. Anyways, um, yeah. So this will be fun. 
I hope these great uh, timing with the other yeah, topic. I hope they eat the farm, sell the farm, eat the money, whatever it is. <laughs> uh, eat their face. So Trunk Toys. Uh, oh, jeez, everyone, you want one of those Nintendo Entertainment System uh, SNES Classic? It, they, they, wow, the listing is dumb. Nintendo Entertainment System SNES Classic Edition. Uh, you can pre-order one through uh, through them for four hundred and ninety-nine dollars. <laughs> And ninety nine cents. And ninety nine cents. That rounds up to five hundred dollars. Yeah, five hundred dollars. I mean, we talk about scalping before. Yes. I have not seen it to this level. And this is like a legitimate website. It looks like this well, is just some eBay seller. I mean, they think they're legitimate, but I mean, they're actually just a pile of dog shit. Um, but I mean, this is insane, and uh, this is. I, I mean, I love. Oh, I love Schadenfreude. Uh, this is this is fantastic uh, when you know scalpers get caught with their pants down like this. And this is what Nintendo and Reggie, our, our pal Reggie Fizeme, basically said: Don't buy from third party scalpers. He basically yeah. came out and said that. That's... Be patient, boys and girls. Right, Uncle Reggie's here to save you from these assholes. And, and yeah, and 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 this is why I think people really need to uh, calm down. Pull your pampers up, right? Pull your fucking pampers up. <laughs> fucking don't shit your socks. And uh, just wait. Even with things like the NES Classic Edition, <laughs> we are... <laughs> don't, don't fill your shoes. Uh, we are living... That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, yeah, don't squish it between your toes. Um, <laughs> we are living in a magical era where anything is possible. Uh, this is not the eighties for video games. <laughs> don't don't poop out your ears. Um, we are <laughs> be a big boy or girl and don't cry about things like toys. Um, we're living in an era where when people when companies see a demand for something, they can always make more or they can right the wrongs. And uh, who can't right their wrongs is uh, Chunk Toys here, who <laughs> thinks that they're going to um, be, uh, who thought they were going to make a lot of money off of uh, people who desperately wanted something, uh, and now they're not. Um, the reason why I also don't look like uh, Chunk Toys here is uh, when when we put this up on our docket, um, digging around a little, Chunk Toys appears to be entire, their entire business model seems to be selling shit that's popular at a uh, incredibly markup. high markup because uh, they have Hatchimals. Now, if you, I, I don't exactly know what a Hatchimal is, but it was a big toy last year. Um, probably just as desirable uh, to some people as the uh, NES Classic. Sure, why and, not? And um, I, they, I think they're supposed to retail for about 35 Well, you can get them on Chunk Toys for $100, or if you want... All seven of them, you can pay $1,000 and get all seven of them delivered to you. That doesn't sound reasonable for some reason. Not even knowing the market, it doesn't sound reasonable. No, it doesn't sound reasonable. But let's check a couple others just to be clear. Okay. How about the Hatchimals Barakeet Pink and Black Pink and Black Pink and Black Egg? Okay. It's in stock at Chunk Toys. Maybe it's hard to get these. In stock for one seventy nine ninety nine. Ooh, okay. Let's go to eBay. All right, and see what's going on. Oh, brand new for a hundred and ten dollars. Buy it now. Oh, okay. Okay. Follow right. with me. I have no fucking clue what a fucking fingerling is. Neither do I. I do know though that I can get the the Bella Pink Monkey. It's adorable, actually. You put them on their finger, and I guess you can pick your nose. With them. I have no idea. But the Bella Fingerling 
You can get it at ChunkToys.com for $49.99. Let's check eBay. Let's check eBay to see what it is on eBay. What was that? Bella Fingerlings? Bella. What, what are the odds that that is going to be less money or more? I'm going to say the odds are pretty high. It's going to be less money. I can get a directly from Toys R Us for $14.99. Okay. Chunk Toys, I hope you go out of business. <laughs> is there something special about the packaging of the Chunk Toys? Is it... I, I, as far as I can tell, is no. Is there a free hand job involved? I, I don't... With, uh, is, that, is, that, is that an HOD, hand job on delivery? I don't know. Uh, no, they just they just shit in the box but, along with your product. But but I guess they're they're catching the consumer off guard at the very front end, but not updating their listings and hoping that someone doesn't check eBay or Amazon right. the week or two later. They're, it's one of those things where I think they're hoping that someone who's not savvy to the internet or or maybe checking things is going to remember. Oh my God, this item was so popular last year and no one could find it and now I can get it right here and it's going to save me all this hassle and they're just going to click buy instead of looking when they realize they can just get it. Sony Sony VR launch bundle. Okay? Okay. What does that go for in stores? Uh, I think it goes for 450 well, maybe you're buying two of them because on ChunkToys.com, it's $999.99. <laughs> Fuck these people. There's no customer reviews yet. Hey, maybe you bought from Chunk Toys or maybe you have your own experience. Why don't you leave a re- review of some of these products on ChunkToys.com? Well, you know, maybe, maybe you got one of those fingerlings and maybe you got an experience you can share. You could let, let us know. Uh, let, let Chunk Toys us know. What true true reviews only, though. Yes. only Serious reviews only. Please. For ChunkToys, ChunkToys.com. Please. Please, series reviews only on, like the like the GG Fingerlings product. Please do not make any joke reviews about the absolute steal of a deal you got through ChunkToys. Let's ju- just check one more. The Lego Star Wars Sandcrawler retired. Oh, and you can sell your gear? I bet you they give you a great rate. All right. So they retired, which means it's no longer in print and you can't mm-hmm. find it. Four ninety nine ninety nine dollars com, But, you know, that's a great deal because it's only brand new sealed for three fifty eight on eBay. So, well, oh, no, it's in reverse. It's ch- oh, oh, they're charging more. Oh, I see how it works. So even the things that do command some sort of premium are still wild. Oh, and I can get one for $310 brand new sealed. Or 250 brand new. So maybe the Lego market's not as, even as, as robust. I just thought this was funny. This came to our attention. I like it's almost it's almost like this was made specially for us to troll us. This this website. Yeah, I feel like it was. So, I, God, that picture is fucking awful. So chunktoys.com, you are the scumbag seller <sighs> of the week. The week. Ian, monumental day, the granddaddy of video game consoles. No, not the NES, the Atari VCS or video computer system. Came eventually known in the early 80s as a 2600. First came out September 11th, 1977. That makes it 40 years old. We're talking midlife crisis. Maybe starting to bald a little bit. <laughs> Hates the ex-wife. Buying, buying, a, buying a Ferrari. Trying to overcompensate. Still loves his kids, though, but only sees them every other Tuesday Spends in the weekend. all of its time in the boat fishing. Yeah. Drinking a six-pack. Pondering, going back to school. Maybe do something else with its life. But no, but seriously, though. <laughs> 
What, what, what can you say about the VCS? I mean, that has been said. A, a monumentally important system. Yes. It really established video games into the pop culture in terms of, you know, when you first... Uh, yeah, there was Pong clones all throughout the 70s. I know I was not alive, but in my head, I, I probably envision how those Pong clones were seen as almost like playing a board game, if that makes sense. Well, you know, like, like it was a cool little thing you did a little bit, but... You, you forgot about it afterwards because there's no personality to those games. I always kind of said that even about the 2600 uh, in the VCS was at first a lot of it was kind of like uh, video board games. A lot of those games didn't really have single player modes. Combat didn't really have a single Combat? player mode. Combat. Either. Uh, f- fishing, <laughs> enduro, and uh, you know, fishing derby. You know, was a game that you generally played with two players. Uh, skydiving, I think you needed two players to play. Um, but then, you know, you you kind of watched video games quickly evolve there into uh, you started to get your 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 um, your single player experiences. Here are the launch games: right, air sea battle, basic math, blackjack. Combat, Indy 500, Starship, Street Racer, Surround, and Video Olympics. Those are the ones that originally launched wow. with it. Um, and despite the crudeness of the Atari VCS, um, and a lot of people thinking a lot of the games you know, aren't exactly playable today, there are a number of games on that system that I still think are a lot of fun. Yars Revenge, Pitfall, sure. uh, River Raid, absolutely. Um, a lot of them are Activision games, I was going to say, Acti- the Activision games probably got the most out of that system. Yeah, Activision gets a lot of crap today, but holy shit did they make a lot of great games for the Atari. First real third-party publisher. Yep. You forget. Yep. You forget. It's from video game years watching Amazon Prime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because they were pissed they weren't getting the credit. The developers, they wouldn't even want to credit them in the game. So they said, fuck this, we're going to do it ourselves. I remember, our own f- games. I remember flipping through the manuals on the uh, for the Atari games. Um because my grandparents would have them laying around by the well, the fifty-two hundred. But when it was an Activision game, you could flip through, and it would actually have like a picture of the programmer in the back, and like a little letter from them, and they would like you know write a little letter and say thanks for playing the game and talk about it a little bit and stuff like that. And it was, it was really cool to see you know uh, that difference. You know, they got their dues and their picture and all this stuff and all that cool sort of shit. Yeah, and, and it was the first console. That really said, okay. Um, I, 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 see, again, I, yeah, this I was not uh, alive really for to remember. I was a zygote. But total separation at the time between, you know, 70s Pong systems, then you get that Fairchild Channel F that no one had, Ballet Astrocade, Odyssey 2, Tar VCS. You got these weird little games, and also you got these big, huge fucking arcade games. And the Atari was really, no, they did it, they, they also did it with the, um, the Bally. Astrocade a little bit, but really the Atari was like, all right, let's 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 crunch this bad boy down and put it into a little cartridge. Yeah, and they did it with Asteroids. And you know what? Asteroids is a damn fucking fine port for a game that that old in a system that was that new at the time. Not all of those games crunched down that well, but Asteroids did. And that's the reason that the VCS dominated that that generation. Kangaroo did. <laughs> I was so happy at ABGC they had a kangaroo cabinet. Um, and. While there, it wasn't a perfect system. We do that. I, I, I never liked the joysticks. My, I my, my cut hate them because a, lefties can't use them because they fucking suck for lefties. It's like go like cross cross arm it. 
Claw uh, round. Like you're like you're scratching a, a kitten's belly. You're holding in your in your arms. <laughs> yeah. Um, my my cousin used to not let me play because they claimed I broke the joystick. No, they were selfish. But this was a great system. It was undoubtedly so. Was it the most powerful this generation? Could have been the second or th- maybe even the third. Maybe, might have been behind even the television and and the ballet astrocade. But it was a personality. The system had a personality. You go back and watch. You can't do that on television. Kids are playing it. You hear the when you hear the beeps and blurps of a game from that era, it's going to be an Atari game. Mm-hmm. Like especially like when you hear like the sounds of the Pac Man. Like the like yeah. that's stuck in your head forever. Where eighty will still recognize that from being an Atari twenty hundred game. Wasters, I, not dots. Yes, and yes, the Atari twenty hundred was partially responsible for the video game crash in North America. Oh yeah, <laughs> probably to a large extent. They made some stupid fucking decisions, stock wise and investment wise. I think that is something that uh, people forget. The Atari twenty six hundred is always held in this high esteem. For good reason. I mean, it, it was, you know, a massively successful home console to begin with. But uh, very quickly, they made bad decisions. Very quickly, uh, they well, ran things into the ground. Because they looked at video games still as toys, where, like, this is just pumping out more G.I. Joe figures. Right. Like, it's just a, it's just a product. There's nothing involved. Just put out a thousand of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and other companies thought the same way. We'll just put out whatever it is. It's like, wh- whatever the consumer can, can buy... They'll buy, and that's it. Like, it doesn't matter the quality of what the, what this is. Again, watch the video game crash segment of video game years, because we, we, I think we do a pretty good job of explaining. Cross-promotion. Yeah, cross-promotion. But, again, though, like, this was actually the first, re- quote-unquote, retro game system I was interested in. When I was about, I want to say, 12 or 13, I never had uh, a VCS or 2600. Uh, my neighbor did. We played every once in a while. I offered to buy it off of him. When I was like 12 years old, I don't think I ever told a story before. Like, he had this system, and the good news is about with the Atari, whoever you knew it, because by, by, by 1986-87, in Toys R Us, the games were a dollar or two each, so the kids you knew that had it had like 50 or 60 games, because they were so sure. fucking cheap. cheap. I mean, I so remember seeing... Before, well, they, before they had an NES, they'd have that. <laughs> I remember seeing um, in like 88, 89... They still see them. I remember see, like going into a dollar store with my mom or something and seeing 2,600 and 5,200 games for a dollar still sealed in their box. Sealed! So I asked my neighbor, um, he, he was a, his name was Bill, he was like two years older. I said, yeah, can I buy it? Can I buy the system in your games? I had my allowance money. It was so weird because I, at the time I had an NES, but for some reason there was an appeal to me. Like this was before my time. This was oh, I had a my, simpler time. I had my NES before I bought my 5,200. Yeah. So it's the same thing, even though my system, you can actually play, but not the 5200. But, but I remember the mom turned me down and said, no, we don't want him to sell. I was like, son of a bitch. And I never got a, never got a, a 2600 then, like, during that time period. I was like, kind of like, damn it, I want an experience. Like, the, my favorite game at the time, and still my favorite 2600 game on that system was Keystone Capers. I love that game. That's a really fun one. Love that game. Is that Activision? Thanks, Activision. God damn it, Activision. You, you, you Mega really. Mania, Keystone. Mega Mania is great. Chop, Chopper Caper. Command. Kaboom! Hero. Man, if it was, you could make an argument that it wasn't for Activision. The Atari was would have just fucking shovelware and garbage. Well, I, I have actually made that argument before. I think on the podcast, maybe a number of times, when people think Atari, and they buy things like the old flashbacks, or they buy like these Atari game comp- compilations, uh, what you're really buying in terms of quality is uh, Missile Command and Centipede. 
And Asteroids. And Asteroids. That's, those are Atari brand new games. Yeah. Maybe Combat if you like playing that goofy game. Uh, combat's fun with two players. What people assume... I mean, or maybe they, Adventure if you want to go that far. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, what people are really thinking of is either Namco properties like Pac-Man. Or Miss Pac-Man, and they're, which and is they're, a decent port. And they're not often remembering the Atari versions of those. Although Miss Pac-Man is pretty decent. Um, or they're thinking the Activision titles. Exactly. So here's to 40. Go out, go to Vegas. Try not to do too many hookers and blow. Atari, you know, you gotta, you know, you still have kids. You gotta take care of. Your heart's getting weaker. Your heart's getting weaker. Do some yoga though. Stay limber. Stretch. My advice also to you guys and to Ian to do that. Uh, there's another anniversary, Ian. It is the 25th anniversary of Mario Kart. We missed it a little bit. Yep. But it was 92. It was uh, early, I believe, early September. Of 92, Mario, Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo. Do you have any any nice memories when it came out? I have some. Yeah, I do. Um, it Maybe some of the only uh, fond memories I have of Kevin. Um, but, I hate that Kevin. Uh, fucking Kevin. Um, I, think but, Ke- I think all Kevins morph and split out <laughs> in different personalities. And like they, Amoeba. Yeah, they just <laughs> multiply um, out. But I remember him getting it, and... Uh, it was one of the first times I think I ever played a split-screen racing game, but it really did kind of you know birth a whole new genre. Um, it didn't really feel like racing games. They they felt I mean they they were obviously, but they felt like action games. And I remember we would sit there and we would just play that game forever, the Super Nintendo one. And um, it's still one of the ones I have the most fond memories of the Super Nintendo version. Um, even though it was only two players, we would sit there forever and just hot swap it. Oh yeah, you have uh, tournaments know. Yep, and we would just pass friends. the controllers around and we'd sit in the back room which smelled like crap and we'd just play the game forever and uh, it was fantastic and um, I remember you know, at the time a lot of racing games didn't have a lot of courses and one of the, it's weird, but one of the things that sticks out to me is playing that game and you know what was it? Four cups, four you know four rate four courses per cup. So, so 16? sixteen courses. To me, that was like mind blowing. Yeah, three, three different speeds. Yeah. So you know there was just a lot of variety. And then of course you know the game just spawned tons of sequels. And honestly, I lost interest as the sequels went on. I lost interest in the series. But five course cup, I think it was. Okay. Um, eventually became four. Um, so that 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 even furthers though why I thought you know that game was crazy because there was just so many courses, so many different racing options, the weapons, um, the battle mode was so much fun. The battle mode, I, I, the battle mode to me, not that it was revolutionary. I'm trying to think though of a game before it that offered something like that on a console, and you're hard pressed to think of one. I think that did something like that. I mean, that was like almost like a version of a first-person shooter, you know, where sure. you're driving around, a third-person shooter, but you're driving around. Very smooth scrolling and stuff like Mode that. Mode 7. Yep. Um, I didn't really fall back in love with the series. I mean, I liked Mario six, uh, Mario Kart 64 at the time, but I fell off of it. But Mario Kart 8 came back and stole my heart. Um, but, I do like Mario Kart DS, but really, I mean, now there's all sorts of kart racers. But let's but let's go back and talk about besides spawning all the kart racers, the fact that it, it they figured out a way to take a genre that was kind of fringe, sure, kart racing or a third person racer. It's like yeah, who cares? There's been a ton of these on NES. There's twenty racers that 
you know, you, you had a little whatever indie car or whatever. Maybe, maybe, well, not Danny Sullivan, but that's more important. But let's let's take characters people know, and for no fucking reason at all, let's put them in this other game that they definitely have nothing to do with ever. Right. And all of a sudden, it's like a magic formula. And I mean, that paved the way for. It kind of opened the universe up. It paved the way for all the Mario sports games, all the spin-off titles. Smash? Um, Smash. They also found a way to make racing games accessible for everyone. The contr- I mean, they got the handling. The controls were down. Um, you know, they were smooth. They were easy to learn. I mean, it, it it's basically the definition of a game that anyone can pick up and play. It's It, it really is the pick-up-and-play game. It's- you talk to anyone, people who don't play video games... Even people who don't play video games are pretty much likely to say that they've probably played a few rounds of Mario Kart at someone's house. It's adorable. It uses the license perfectly in terms of the, the enemies. The designs. The, the design. Courses. It's the last time we see DK Jr. in a game for some weird reason. He kind of disappears after that. Or maybe he grows up in the Donkey Kong Country. That's always a controversy there. Yeah. What happened to him. Um, now, is it perfect? No. I don't think the racers are that balanced. No. Um, people always went for a Koopa first. My fucking cousin always picked Koopa, son of a bitch. I was stuck with Mario or Luigi, you're a little slippery. But um, there's like three good racers, and the rest are trash, basically. Mm-hmm. Donkey Kong and Bowser you ain't gonna win a race, probably, with those two. The top, you know, the high, the high top speed, but you're never gonna get, get up to that. Uh, I've, I've seen people crush with the, with Bowser, but yeah, I mean, you usually take something middle of the road. Sure. Um, yeah, it's just it's just fun. It's goofy. And I wish I was into the Super Nintendo more. I would have bought that and like would have cherished that. Uh, the music is fucking fantastic. Um, and again, it started a great franchise. And the idea of of cross uh, crossing genres up and characters from different genres and throwing them together and mixing them up. And it was probably the best game to do. Like that's the best series of that. Like we think of like the Crash Bandicoot racers. No one cares. Or the Sonic ones. It's like. People want to play Mario Kart. They're fun, but I, but, I, I they, they always feel like, a, they always do feel like the copies of, well, of what they are. Sure. We want to do Q&A time on the CU podcast, Ian? Yeah. You want to go it. to that? We're going to do the Patreon Q&A next time. We'll get to that next time. This is from at Wolf Limited. Does, did Ian sell much in the way of Neo Geo over the years? Is it too expensive for shop owners to dabble in? Um, we have uh, Neo Geo is uh, AES, as what I'm assuming you're probably talking about here. Probably, yeah, that's a video game console. Uh, well, I mean, people buy and sell and ask us for uh, MVS cards too. Um, so if you look at the AES, yes, we have um, done Neo Geo over the years. Um, more than I can count, but I know it wasn't a ton. Uh, it, it hasn't been a ton. Um, it's it's not too expensive for shop owners to dabble in because there is a market for it. Um, even though stuff like this can be expensive, as long as you know it's going to move at some point, as long as you're getting calls for it and there's an interest for it, um, you know, it, it, especially if you you know first start working there, it's scary if you're new to it to pay out the money that you need to get it in. But if someone's going to buy it, it's not a big deal. So I don't think any store owners or shop owners are going to be afraid to get Neo Geo stuff in or pay the money to get it in because it's going to sell. 
What's interesting for uh, about Neo Geo is is how it tends to sell out of the store. Um, it's one of these systems that when Neo Geo uh, AES systems sell. Anything that's in the store that is Neo Geo AES tends to leave with the system. Um, so if a Neo Geo AES comes in with uh, 15 games, it's leaving with those 15 games. You may have a couple people who already have AESs come in and pick out you know, one, two, or three of those titles. But basically whatever's on the shelf when someone buys the system is, is walking so, out the door. So they'll drop a grand easily. Yes. Oh, terrible. yeah. Those are, those are, I mean, those are serious sales. Those people already have the money to buy the AES. They, they have the money to, one. yeah, they have the money to clear your wall of all the AES games that you have. So how often does an AES come through the door at, at Luna? These days, not so frequently. Historically, one or two a year. Like how often? About two a year until okay. about probably two years ago. And there was none. And now I have. I haven't seen one in probably two years. And we're talking both U.S. and Japanese ones, or mostly U.S. Mostly yeah. U.S. Actually, mostly U.S. Mostly U.S. Um, so yeah, I mean, Neo Geo does come around. Uh, I, I don't know what you go there. I mean, yeah, it's a high entry level. So yeah, like you said, like you're gonna have someone that's gonna spend the money, but you'll find that buyer quickly because they're they're gonna. It's hard to find them, but there's there is a buyer out there for it. Right. I mean, I think every, especially every local video game store, every retro video game store is going to have those three or four regular customers who spend and they're serious about their collecting and their collection. They've always got it seems like this chunk of money set aside for that one thing. And when they come in and they see it, they're back within like two days. And they might have some high-end trade-ins. They might not. But that stuff's not going to stick around. So and and then and then on the other side of Neo Geo, um, Geo. we do get a lot of people who want to do, um, you know, trading of MVS cards. Now we don't put MVS cards on display, but we do keep MVS cards, and that's more of like a personal trading thing. I was going to say, how can you test them easily? Right. So that's something that you know maybe the owner will do on occasion because he has a nice collection of MBS cards. Do you worry about fakes if an AES card comes in? Would you be Would you be worried nowadays? These days, yes, we would be. But even a few years ago, even a few years ago, yes. But these days, we would be far more concerned. Even though, but even a few years ago, we would check the AES cards as best as we could for you know fakes and things like that. I'm gonna keep it. I'm not gonna sell it to anyone. I love you guys so much. What? <laughs> repro games, repro cards. Oh, yeah. It's just for my collection. Yeah, no. No, you're going to die someday, and your kids aren't going to care about it. Why are you stuff. saying you want that person to die? I, what? I didn't. At Jester of Roanoke, <laughs> what is your current <laughs> level of rye wanting? Of course you do, or higher. <laughs> I think I'm at course you do yeah, right well, now. Yeah, of course want you do. Want some rye? <laughs> Thanks, Blue Jester. It's funny. At Gutang Clan, that's pretty funny. Uh, the stupid Cuphead controversy. I don't care if reviewers are good at games as long as they can evaluate a game unbiased. So this is uh, referring to the, I believe it was uh, Venture Beat, Dean Takahashi, and they were playing uh, the, the tutorial of Cuphead. And Cuphead is this really fantastic looking, I mean night. 1930s style animated 
platformer and shooter, like a running gun, gun thing. Yeah. It fucking looks awesome. I have no idea if this is going to be a good game or not, but the animation is incredible. This is you don't, you don't see animation like this anymore. No, this and style. it's probably going to be pretty goddamn good. So they did a tutorial, twenty-six minute gameplay, where th- th- this this individual was awful. It shouldn't have been twenty-six minutes of gameplay. <laughs> like people were saying, like they didn't read the tutorial, they didn't know how to do certain game functions of Cuphead, and so at first. I guess this might have influenced what they were talking about or saying about it, but then they eventually changed it. Eventually, they even changed it on YouTube to say Cuphead Gamescom demos, uh, Gamescom, Dean's shameful 26 minutes of gameplay. So then they realized that this was bad. So this goes back to the question, though. This is what reference to. Uh, I don't care if reviewers are good at games as long as they can evaluate a game unbiased. I don't, I don't know if you can review a game, though, uh, unbiasedly. You have to be at least competent at a game to review it, though, don't you? I'm not good at video games, but I have a base level of skill that will allow me to learn the basic controls, get me through tutorials, get me through a few levels at least, before I start getting my ass kicked. Okay. And I think someone who's going to review a game at least needs that to be able to have an opinion on it. Because then you at least know how the game feels. And if you start doing bad later on in the game, you can be like, okay, so I'm not good at this game, but I understand why I'm not good at it, and I can see how this feels. You Basically, I'm agreeing with you. Yes, you need some basic level of skill. You don't have to be a video game fucking wizard. But yeah, you gotta be able to fucking play a game a little bit to understand it. If you can't get through a tutorial level... Mm-hmm. You can't comment on it. You can't comment on it. I'm sorry. Well, Venture Beat, I guess, to have some fun with it after the original backlash, they actually pinned the comment that said, is the player really a human being, or is it a self-learning AI neural network? <laughs> so that's actually pretty fucking funny, learning how to play the game. Um, I think to be a competent game reviewer, not just because of certain NES guidebook, you have to be decent at games, to get, enough, uh, to get progress f- at least a decent into it. I'm not saying you got to beat the fucking game. But let's just say you get 80% into it sure. before you struggle. You have, you have to know the genre. You have to be yes. familiar with the genre and somewhat a little bit of the history of that genre. To know what came before it a little bit and maybe what a little bit came after it, but definitely what came before it to know, okay, are we progressing at all in the genre? Are we retreading? Are we doing some things that are unique to the genre? Or is this the same old, same old? Does this fit into the genre? I think you have to have that knowledge too. If you're not good at heavy action running gun games, then you don't put someone then then you don't put that person on review for that. You don't have someone review a baseball game that hasn't played a baseball game before or know what baseball even is. I was exactly gonna say that you don't have someone who's your go to sports game reviewer who doesn't play RPGs and hates anime review the next Final Fantasy game. Sure. So RPG is probably what I should not review out of everything. Not because I, I couldn't play or RPG or understand it, but I don't have the patience to know, because uh, I don't play a lot of them, to know what is too much grinding, what is repetitive, when should I be progressing in a game versus standing still. Not the guy for that. Right. But I'll admit that. Sure. I'm, I'm good for a flight simulator, or a running gun, or a platform, or a sports, or almost anything else, honestly. Puzzle. But uh, yeah, something like RPG, I'm not the guy to go to for that, so I'm not. Um, so yeah, I guess there's a little bit of fallout with this originally, but I think at this point, who fucking cares about this? You know, it's like it's not like they did a full fledged review of this, did they? It was just a demo. Right. An initial thoughts or whatever. So who fucking cares? 
by the time it comes out, this person will not be reviewing this, nor should they. I will say that they probably shouldn't. Well, be. hopefully. This isn't a Gamergate issue or whatever. Games journalism. No, it's just a guy who didn't want to fucking play a demo and shouldn't be tasked to review it when it comes out. And he actually did a full-length response, not whining about the response, but it was like, dude, I don't fucking need a thousand-word essay about the, the blowback you received to this. Just say you sucked at the game. You shouldn't have put out any opinion about it. Did he even put out opinion? Just fucking move on. Who cares? All right, and then at Seek, S-I-C-H, are exclusive deals with major sports leagues the reason why there aren't many sports games released on consoles and PCs? Well, yeah, absolutely, because, I mean, only the person with the exclusive license can, um, you know, really make a sports game that's going to uh, sell. Um, Outside of, you know, fun and silly sports games like... Uh, you know, Mario sports games or, or something like that. Um, people want to play with the uh, real players. So, yeah, that is why you're really only seeing Maddens right now or why you're, um, you know, you're really only seeing, uh, you know, the NBA 2K series. Uh, well, you do have the EA Sports uh, one, but... There's it, two different it, NBA Yeah, games. the NBA Live, but it's 2K not... 2K and NBA Live. Right. Um, the two baseball ones as well? The major baseball one is the show, which isn't on anything but the PS4. There is RBI. Um, but, y- yes, you don't see a whole lot of sports there's games. No, there's, no, there's no major MLB g- uh, game on, on uh, Xbox consoles? Other than RBI, no. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, so, yes, this is it. And they did try a few times um, to make uh, sports games uh, without these licenses um, to appeal to, to, to people um, who may have preferred a different engine. A, a, a great example would be um, All Pro Football 2K8. Um, 2K made a, a great series of football games. Um, NFL 2K5 or ESPN NFL 2K5 um, is considered by a lot of people to be a fantastic football game. It was my favorite football game, and a lot of people loved it. Um, after that title, 2K could no longer make football games anymore because of uh, EA gobbling up the exclusivity. So, after you know a few years of people you know bemoaning the absence of it, 2K decided to go and make a football game called All Pro Football 2K8. And it was staffed with Hall of... It was... It, basically, it had Hall of Famers in it. Okay. And... Uh, they had to get the license from the individuals. They yeah, they, the they had to get the, the individuals. And, you know, it, it played similar. You know, it had, it had you know, basically the same engine. It, you know, it was, it was good football. But it had none of the teams. It had none of the current rosters. Could you edit? Uh, like I think you pro? could, but you know, I mean, no one wanted to put that time like in. Ken Griffey baseball I had the teams, but yeah, no, no players, and uh, you know, it, it sold like shit, and you know, they never went and tried to do that again. Um, that so great, come, so great engine, no appeal because it didn't resemble the, the actual sport like right. the league that you wanted. Yeah. And then there was one I didn't play, but people said it was, you know, it was trying something new, unique. It was trying to do camera angles, kind of from. Uh, more of like from the player on the field, you know, type of angle. It was called Backbreaker. And they mm-hmm. did uh, two of those, I think. 
and uh, you know it could that could have been more gameplay related, but also those never took off. And and you know one of the major reasons I'm sure that that didn't take off is because it had it didn't have the real teams and it didn't have the real players. Which is the one that had a Lawrence Taylor involved with it, where you can like, uh, that, take that, drugs. That was Blitz. Blitz that, the league. That was Blitz. That okay. was Blitz. That was Blitz the league. That was after it lost the NFL license. That, after it was NSL. Okay. That did a little bit better just because it was so arcadey. It was arcadey over the t- like, like NBA Jam. Yeah, people you know would play it for that reason. Um, but yes, I mean, to answer your question simply, uh, yeah, the reason we don't see more sports re- games released is because of exclusivities. Is FIFA the only one that has? Oh, yeah, obviously FIFA has yeah, the FIFA. FIFA yeah. is the... Holy shit. Yeah. Well, there is Pro Evolution Soccer, okay. which does have uh, the team? ability to... It does have the licensing for some teams. Um FIFA has more all around, and they have and they have the they have the the country teams, right? They have the, the national teams, but there are some that are only in in Pro Evolution Soccer. The soccer ones get weird because well, soccer I can't follow it generally because you have the national teams, you have the the leagues that are between countries, you have the ones you know you have the ones that are just one country, the club teams. I can't fucking keep up. And I, I'm, I don't like watching the uh, the beautiful game every now and then, but I just can't keep up. And they show on, and they show it more and more on ESPN now. They'll show like, uh, yeah, uh, they'll, I don't know, Messi played today and scored like two goals. Like I know who he is. So that's something. Twenty years ago, I wouldn't know who the fuck any soccer <laughs> players were in Europe. But I just can't keep track of all the different things going on besides the World Cup because I'm not into it. It's like college football. What I say to Frank: too many fucking teams. Can't follow it. Sure. Yeah, it's just too much for me. I can follow, uh, you know, thirty teams uh, at most in a league. But then what? Uh, what's one we talking about? Uh, NHL has NHL every year, and I think, is that the, is the that's one? that's the only so that's, game, so that's yeah. like and, and they, so they have a monopoly. I wonder how legal that is to have a, a. Well, I believe they've actually discussed that before, and I think they somehow came up with the answer that it's, it's not a it, it's not a monopoly because it's like licensing. You're, you can do whatever you want with your license. Yeah. It's not like you're making it yourself. Right. Well, that's interesting. Well. You think that ever changed in the future? Well, I guess it depends on money. Yeah. If, 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 if I guess if, uh, but EA, EA won't EA give enough does to... not want to give up Madden because uh, 2K gave them a serious run. Just like well, the NBA Live series is not really considered a competitor to 2K. Well, sure, it's going to take someone with more money or just as not a muff, a, a muff, just oh. enough to say, all right, say say the license is worth fifty million dollars a year, and it might be a lot more than that. For EA to get the exclusive license from the NFL and the Player Association, maybe someone else the investor says, "All right, I'll give you ninety million. Now what?" And and it starts a war, and then they say, "Oh, we'll make money, more money with both because some sort of bidding." From the NFL stance, who fucking cares? We're getting money from two people like they used to. They it's did, like it's some sort of bidding war, some sort of suicide war. <laughs> you you want to talk about the uh, memory cards in the Switch? Or are you done? I'm done. You're done, not ah, Ian. I'm done. You made it, buddy. You got through a rough time. I know how I did because I was fucking out of it. Yeah. So, anything else going on, Ian, on this CU podcast? Uh, no. We have a Patreon, Ian, don't we? Patreon.com slash CU podcast. There you go. That includes our, uh, our, our call in line. We'll get back to that next time. And you can watch the entire video, the entire video uh, podcast where we. Say the N-word and stuff like that and get into trouble. No, I'm kidding. We no, don't we do don't that. say that. We don't do that. Well, we say the N-word, but not the actual We say N-word. N-word. We say the, yeah, in quotes, N-word. We don't say the N-word. N-word. Um, 
you want to advertise the CU Podcast, email podcast at thepunkeffect.com. Again, check out that video game years on Amazon Prime. I will be at three conventions in October. Fuck me in the ear. Why am I doing three in a row? Retropalooza in Arlington, October 7th, and then the next weekend, I will be in Retro World Expo in Connecticut, and then with good old Ian Ferguson, October 20th in Portland, returning uh, to Portland Retro Gaming Expo. That'll be my Holy shit, seventh or eighth year? Oh, seventh year? That'll be Ian's third. Yeah. Already. Wow, seven years? Eleven? Yeah, it's like my seventh year. I'm old! Um, and other than that, um, there'll be a new Ask Frank coming out soon, and then I'll get a new NES Punk video going, and more fun to ha- uh, that to come, and then a new uh, Not So Common podcast. Check that out as well. That's the off week. That's like the that's like the that's like the sorbet for the CU podcast. It's like the palate cleanser <laughs> of the CU podcast. Or it's usually just me and maybe Frank, and then interviewing people from YouTube like Pixel Dan. I just uh, talked to Adam Korlick has a pretty good retro game channel. We just saw him in New Jersey. Nice guy. You He's met nice. him. I like him. Um, and we'll see who pops up in the future. Maybe some politics is always fun. Because I don't know what I'm talking about. So for Ian Ferguson, goodbye. I am Pat Contry. CFOs, you guys rule. Thanks for eating sushi with us, and thanks for doing an awesome, that, I guess, theme that song. That was a good time. I had a lot of sushi. By the way, I ordered the exact amount from my side of the table. You guys dropped the ball. You guys have like 25 rolls left. We had all on my side of the table. And we tried. Let's, let's pass the sushi emperor. All right, guys, we'll see you later. <laughs>